0: What's up, everybody? This is Sports Goof's number 128. I'm Francisco. Join my buddy. Yeah, man, I actually messed that up. Joined by my good buddies, Andrew and Charles. I said, what did I say? Join my by? Yeah, that's what I said. I switched the two words there. Anyways, we're doing this. We're presented by Mr. Tortilla, the number one best-selling tortilla on Amazon. Me out of a need for a healthy and affordable tortilla for the people without... Sacrificing the flavor, the big breakthrough is now their one carb, 15 calorie tortilla. So now you can enjoy tacos without guilt. And who doesn't want to enjoy tacos without guilt? Okay, guys, you know, if, if you're not, you can work it off at Pirani's Hockey World and get yourself some hockey gear. and work off with this nice sweat. Go ice skating, it's beautiful, it's fun. I love it. All right, get yourself some skates, get yourself some sticks, some pucks, all your hockey gear. They got all the best prices on clearance items. So go check that out. Check out our website. You can find the links for both of those fine establishments at our website. So anyways, what's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Andrew, how's it going over there? It's going. It's
1: going. How about you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we got stuff to talk about today. Charles, how about you? What's, What's the game behind there? Still Bayonetta. Still Bayonetta.
2: About six hours into it. So probably by the next two to three shows, we will have that
0: complete. Mm. Okay. I finally beat Control. So that's that's finally out of the way. Prior non-sponsor of Charles. And mm-hmm. keep on going from there. But we have sports to talk about because it was a nice weekend. Something big happened today as well in baseball. And no, it has nothing to do with the CBA negotiations because that that's that's not nothing's gonna happen there okay guys so just just don't get your hopes up besides we need a break from baseball but we're gonna talk about baseball today uh nba and hl still still going on still rolling still happening okay panthers are doing we've got some
1: history tonight francisco
0: what what's what's going on andrew what's happening tonight
1: keith yandel Mm. is going to break a He's projected to break. I don't want to jinx it, but (laughs) he is projected to break the record for most consecutive games played.
0: Okay, so the Ironman streak is about to be broken by Keith Yandel. Not exactly Cal Ripken Jr. Not exactly. he's, He's definitely not the hockey equivalent of Cal Ripken Jr. with regards to overall talent, but he's... Uh, at the very least, he stuck. stuck around. Uh, primarily an offensive defenseman. That's that's his bread and butter for the most part. Just a just defensive liability. Uh, uh, but anyways, yeah, that was kind of the big issue when he was here in Florida, with people wanting to bench him because he was just not great at defense, even though that's in the title of his uh, occupation. But yeah, yeah, he's he's played for quite a while, huh, Andrew? Where is he at? What's the number? I think he's going at nine sixty-five. Okay. So, uh, who does he play for now? The Flyers. Er- oh, <laughs> okay. So it's no consequence to the Flyers
1: to have him play. <laughs> but uh, I mean, someone pointed out it's it's quite impressive that he's been his streak began in i think it said two months into the first obama term so that means march of 2008
0: yeah because he came up with the
1: coyotes i believe
0: play with arizona play with the rangers play with the panthers uh, obviously with the Flyers. I forgot who the Panthers traded him to. I don't know if he was sent directly to Philly or if he went someplace else. Uh, but regardless, he's he's been playing. <laughs> he's been playing. He's made I think he's made an all-star team or two as well. So it's not like he's... He's not a bad player. He's He's been a good player for the most part over his career, but just the defensive liabilities have gotten worse over time as he's gotten older. But... You know what? Congratulations to him for for sticking it out for finding teams that let him stick it out for sure too. Uh, definitely nice to have someone in the lineup. So all right, Keith Yandel. He's he's on his he's on, he's tied it right now. So he's so he's up yes, there already. He,
1: he's tied. He's so going regardless.
0: for the record. But to, yeah, so um, there we go. Who's the who who is the record holder at the time? Uh, who's who's he tied with at this point? Let me look for the the lead. I I, I used to remember this back when he was on the Panthers. Goes but
1: I, Doug Jarvis. Okay, uh, who did he play? He for? did it in. Uh,
0: uh, I don't know. <laughs> Hold on, let, let's look this up. We're here, Doug Jarvis. You, let's see, is he? Is he a, a hockey hall of famer or anything like that? We can turn this into a segment if we feel like it. Um, let's see. Let's, uh, okay. I, I, yeah, it doesn't seem like he's a hall of famer of any sort, but I don't know him. You guys don't really know him because it sounded like from, from the way Andrew's. Wait, like...
1: holy, holy moly. What? His, his whole career. He did his whole career in that one stint. He never took a game oh, off. Wow.
0: Okay, so here we go. Let's, let's go with <laughs> – let's just turn this into a segment, right? So let's go with players we, we remember to forget. And, yeah, we're going to go with Doug Jarvis. We're here now. The As of right now, as of today, tied for first place in most consecutive games played in the NHL. Played for the Montreal Canadiens, the Washington Capitals, the Hartford Whalers. And he has, yeah, he has four Stanley Cups, obviously from those late 70s Habs teams. Lots of greatness there. And played for the Caps and then uh, ended his career out in Hartford. Drafted in 1975 by the Toronto Maple Leafs, 24th overall. He's Canadian. Course actually was drafted in the WHA as well by the Houston Arrows way back when. And yeah, yeah, uh, never missed a regular season game in his NHL career from October 8th, 1975 until 1987. So he just played hockey from, from the day he he got into the NHL until the day he, he retired. That's amazing. That's amazing to do that. So all right, so that's that's Doug Jarvis and Keith Yandel tied him. We'll see if he passes him tonight. Most likely, most likely, unless something horrendous happens, unless he uh, let's say he gets a, a Nancy Kerrigan or whatever, you know. <laughs> I'm,
1: D- I'm Doug sure, Jarvis I'm just. Sure ch- was- Doug, I'm Jarvis sure he would still find a way to step on the ice. <laughs>
0: Doug Jarvis just jumps out with a metal rod and just takes out his legs. <laughs> uh or like uh king of the hill when uh when bill uh got back into that high school game yeah that extra touchdown or whatever (laughs) doug jarvis will come out of retirement and play another game (laughs) he could actually technically play for the halves that are one of the worst teams in hockey so it doesn't really matter to them (laughs) oh gosh uh that that was that's fun uh well while we're here guys let's go with gottlieb's goons because something big happened today uh well, now you jinxed it. yes freddie welcome back hello gottlieb's goons guys andrew you wanted to run point on this so let's do it something big happened
1: yeah goof mm-hmm. well uh so let's start congratulations to david ortiz uh, Mr. Ortiz, Big Poppy, is the one and only inductee into the Baseball Hall of Fame this year from the Baseball Writers Association of America. We're not including the uh, the Veterans Committee uh, that voted earlier. Um, so, you know, congratulations to him. Very much well-deserved. Um, I I can't say that I'm... I know some people are literally crying with joy and, you know, I get it. Although they're, they're Red Sox fans, but I'm like, the the question wasn't if, but when he would get into the hall of fame. And I was, I would have been shocked if he didn't get in on his first ballot. I mean, between the stats, you know, he has over 500 home runs. I think something like the 17th most home runs in history. Uh, you know, between that and just so many walk-off home runs. And then let's not even get into how his postseason dominance is the only way you can call it. He won three World Series with the Red Sox. I mean, the man was just incredible. And it's crazy to think that it all started out from a one-year contract they uh, signed him to from the Minnesota Twins on the advice of Pedro Martinez. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, Pedro was there with, uh, with uh, Ortiz and I'm assuming his friends and family uh, when he got the call. So, however, one and only person in, Ah, I I don't agree with that decision in the slightest. I, I feel like there should have been so many more let, people. Let, so
0: here. let's let's let me read off the list that we have here. So David Ortiz, the only one who got was it seventy five percent of the vote. Yes. that's that's the threshold. Uh, yes. So he got seventy seven point nine percent. So he just made it over three hundred seven votes. Kind of like my uh, bar results. Uh, anyways, uh, Barry Bonds. At 66%, his final year on the ballot, he didn't get in. Um, Roger Clemens, same thing, 65% his final year, not final year by the, like, I guess, the baseball writers, but the Veterans Committee, of course, has, I guess, the leeway to vote them in
1: later on, right?
0: Correct. Uh,
1: there's, Scott- a, there's a rotating crew yeah. of, of voters. I forget what eras,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's, it's a rotating group between really old players. You've got Negro League. You've got present day, which I think is the I think that's the group this time. So the Veterans Committee m- could, in theory, put them in for next year Um. Because it's their time. Right. This time. So uh
0: so we got Scott Rowland, uh, famously played third base, won a ton of gold gloves, mainly for the the Phillies and the uh and the Reds, right? Um uh or no the Cardinals. Cardinals play for the Cardinals. Uh Kurt Schilling at fifty eight percent his final year on the ballot. Todd Helton 52% Billy Wagner closer 51% Andrew Jones 41% Gary Sheffield which I'm sad about 40% <laughs> Alex Rodriguez 34.3% Jeff Kent at 32% Manny Ramirez <laughs> that one's the hardest one to be honest uh 28.9% Omar Biscale 23.9% Sammy Sosa that I'm sad about this one too. Final year as well, uh, 18%, Andy Pettit. 10 percent jimmy rollins at 9 percent bobby abreu at 8 percent mark burley at 5.8 percent and tory hunter at 5.3 percent and these are the players that um are dropping off the ballot because they didn't receive at least five percent joe nathan uh, uh frame uh, closer mainly remembering with the twins Uh, 4%, Tim Hudson, pitcher, played for the Braves and the A's, mostly. Uh, 3%, Tim Linsencombe, the freak with the Giants. 2.3%, Ryan Howard, Phillies, first baseman, 2%, won an MVP. Mark Teixeira, Tex, 1.5%, played for the Rangers and the Yanks. Justin Morneau, the Twins, mostly, 1.3%. Jonathan Papelbon, the Red Sox, 1.3%. Prince Fielder, who was one of those big what-ifs if his neck injury hadn't. Sidelined them at 0.5%. AG Pierzynski at 0.5% with the main play for the White Sox. Carl Crawford, Rays mostly. Zero. Per, it's not even. They can't even really have a percent. And Jake Peavy at zero. He didn't, didn't get any votes. Uh, Jake Peavy had a pretty damn good career as well for the Padres. I think he won a World Series with. What did he win a World Series with? The White Sox? Something like that. Uh, the White Sox, I believe. Yeah. Okay, um, guys. Are you so ready for it. a rant?
1: Are you ready for a so rant?
0: Those are the guys. Those are everybody. So, and uh, here we go.
1: And I I told Freddie that this rant was coming. So, get ready, folks. Mm. Uh, buckle up. What the fuck were they thinking <laughs> when they didn't even give Tim Wentzcombe a second chance? What the hell? I'm really? going for broke. I'm going for broke here. Out of I'm all the guys,
0: for... Lintagum, really.
1: I'm going Listen, for. Broke. I'm, so, I'm actually with Andrew on that. Huh. I'm Pat. going for broke here. I'm going for broke here. You ready? Okay, dokie. I'm bringing in Sandy Koufax for comparison. Oh. I'm I am swinging for the fences mm-hmm. here. Sandy Koufax had a very pedestrian career prior to those five years to end his career. He played for 12 seasons, and let's look at his ERA. And bear in mind, when he was playing, this is the era when the mound was 15 feet, or 15 inches, I'm sorry, and those are your Bob Fellers, and it was a very – pitcher-friendly era. 50s and 60s, yeah. Here's his ERAs going down from starting at his beginning season. 302, 491, 388, 448, 405, 391, 352. Those are really bad ERAs, and he was not anywhere close to Hall of Fame status in any of those years the only th- and his 1961 season which was his first as a hall of famer the only thing he led the league uh, the league in was strikeouts with 269 but before that he had 30 30 122 131 173 197 he was very meh now let's go to his last five seasons 254 uh ERA 254 188 174 204 173 he led the league in all of those years his strikeouts were 216 306 223 382 and 317 he had he was an uh, he was an all-star all those years he won 3 cy youngs was mvp once he was third in Cy Young voting another year, was second place in MVP two other years. I I love Sandy Koufax. You know, I'm Jewish, so he's a, he's a bit of a hero for me and the rest of the Jewish community, especially for taking off a pitching attempt, a pitch a start during the World Series, mind you, for Yom Kippur, which is arguably the... It's either that or Rosh Hashanah. That's our... That's, that's our new year. Those are the holy days. They're called the high holidays, the high holy days. So put his stats aside, that was amazing. But those last five years were off the charts, and I'm not denying that. And he had, I think, five no-hitters. So I'm. those last five seasons were incredible. But look at what Tim Lincecum was able to do in his own five-year stretch. And again this is a very hitter friendly period. This is before the the um well we this is before the huge you know spin rate and all that jazz.
0: Yeah or the or the or the deadening of baseballs. Right.
1: So from 2008 to 2011 he was an all-star for four straight seasons. He was an all uh, he was Cy Young twice in a row, back to back. And his ERAs were 262, 248, 343, 274. His strikeouts, he led the league three times, 265, 261, 220. He ate up innings, 227, 225, 221, 217. The man for those, and I'm not denying, he really fell off at the end there. But for those four years, there was nobody better than him. And he won two World Series, two no-hitters. How do you, again, how do you not let him in? And again, I'm not saying he's Sandy Koufax level, because Sandy Koufax was, he's a god. But again, he was a god for five years and then he retired. If he had kept going, God knows what he would have been able to do. But his career was essentially made on five seasons. Tim Lincecum made his career off of four seasons, and he doesn't even get a second chance? Come on! What the fuck? Like, like, seriously, I... I
0: I find this... um... Like I uh, personally, I, I so you're. I mean, I don't know. Are you saying that? I just want to kind of gauge with this. Are you saying that he should I'm be back. a Hall of Famer, or he should just, or at least have given them a second chance? He should have gotten enough votes to be like, okay, let's try you guys. Try you next year and see if you get more favor I, and you know.
1: I think he should be a Hall of Famer personally, but I I could see the argument against it. so but a and Charles even,
0: agrees with you um but yeah.
1: even even if he doesn't get into the hall of fame even if he doesn't and again I can I can see the argument against him getting in people might say oh he was a novelty with that uh pitching motion of his and once people figured him out then he and I agree with that for the for he was on top of the world for those four seasons because no one could figure him out. But once he started to lose his velocity, you know, people started to figure out that pitching motion. He fell off. I fully admit that. But for those four seasons, nobody could touch him. And like I said, he won two world series. I think he got three. Was it three? I don't know if he was he on that. I don't, know,
0: Cy I, I don't know if he was on that final giant squad or if he, uh, I think he was as a reliever. Yeah. He, no, back. towards the end, he was a reliever. Okay, yeah, he was so he he he,
1: three world series.
0: Yeah, he was reliever. He was
1: 10, 12, and 14. Yeah. But like
2: three world series, two Cy Youngs, three time strikeout leader.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, again, like I said, I can certainly see the argument that those four seasons do not outweigh the other six. But let me say this, if I took the position that Sandy Koufax did not deserve to get in because his five seasons did not outweigh the other seven, I would be considered a heretic and blasphemous what's the difference here? These are two pitchers who had relatively short careers, 10 years and 12 years. And most of their career was really not that good. But for those two seasons, or for those very tiny amount of time, they were the best and they, they were unstoppable. They were unhittable. Literally, they were unhittable. What's the difference between Sandy Koufax and Tim Linsicum in this scenario? And again, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but I understand the argument against it. But he should have gotten more than what was it? 2.3% of the votes? 2.3% of the votes he deserved at least one more chance on the ballot because look who falls off after this year. And remember for, for folks who don't know the the voting procedure for baseball hall of fame, you have a group of people and you can only select 10. You c- you can select less than that. And such as the, mindless idiots who just submit a blank ballot cause exactly cuz they're... they're they're awful human beings <laughs> but falling off you've got who we got Barry Bonds Roger Clemens um Sammy Sosa uh what the hell is his name Kurt Schilling the Nazi <laughs> oh. um so that's four slots that you're taking off that could that Tim Lentz couldn't could get more votes in. Not enough people thought he deserved even a second look. I think that is absolutely pathetic. And I I hope that the Veterans Committee either has the same mindset as me or I'm going to manifest this out into the universe that somehow one of them finds our podcast. Follow us on social media, by the way. Dan Frijoles, Charles The True, FJOJR, <laughs> uh, Sports underscore Goofs on all of your favorite social medias. Yeah. Uh, we're on everything. We're on everything. We're on everything. <laughs> we're literally on everything. Um, <laughs> And thank you, Francisco, for changing your username back because I, I just was so confused that I yeah yeah I, I no no that's all right. yeah um but anywho hopefully they they see my argument and I don't think I'm that off base here. What do you guys think?
0: Okay, so you, you're, you well, let's say you're, you're stumping for Tim Lincecum. I'm going to stump for my guy, okay? Uh, Gary Sheffield. Well,
1: well, before we get to Sheffield, what oh. do you think about my argument? Let's,
0: um, let's... Okay, so for uh, Tim Lincecum, and, and this is kind of my issue with those, I guess the Hall of Famers from like, that played in like the 50s and the 60s, because back then, remember, they didn't have all these advanced analytics or anything like that, and a lot of those guys just kind of vote, voted on feeling. I feel, I feel like Koufax was like the probably one the one and only guy that was voted in based on potential and and career, right? Where his, his his career was cut short. I think he if he had played today, he probably would have gotten like Tommy John surgery and kept his career going. That's probably what he would have needed back then and he he retired just so he, you know his arm wouldn't fall off but uh, i feel like he he was kind of like uh, like you remember like Pavel Bure, Pavel Bure made it yes. into the hockey hall of fame and his like he had i would say essentially maybe a few more seasons longer than Koufax, just like 10 seasons of just, like, he was, like, the brightest burning star. I mean, literal rocket that just kind of petered out really toward, at the end. Like, like as soon as his, his fuel was out, he was done completely. Right. And so uh, his knees just could not keep up with him anymore. So I feel like Burray and Koufax are kind of the same thing. We're like, man, if those guys had been healthy for at least five more years, we're, we're talking some of the greatest... Uh, players of of all time, you could say like okay, top ten, right? So, uh Koufax is is on that level. I, but yeah, in in some sort of way, I I can get your argument comparing him and Lintsum because Lincecum were his was more of because he won the Rookie of the Year, right? He won a Rookie of the Year, I believe, or, or thing, or well checked. But if not, he his unlike Kofax, where you said it was a run-up and his first, his last five seasons were basically like God-tier, whereas Lincecum was just right out the gate for the most part, just burned bright very quickly and then petered out. I guess it didn't help that he essentially it wasn't that, I don't know if it, if it was injury or it was just that he just, his arm just couldn't do it anymore but or he just kind of lost it. Uh, and that might have been kind of the thing where he's a reliever for like the angels and all these other teams just trying to stay in the game that might have affected the way that the voters looked at his i guess entire body of work from there so i think the eras it's hard to compare those voters to these voters today whereas you would think these voters would know more um like, I feel like the criteria for Hall of Fame has gotten harder than it was before. Uh, because, but at the same time, man, I don't know, the baseball, writer, the baseball writers are, they're, I mean, they're, they're assholes. Because, um, like, I was looking back, like, Har- Harman Killebrew wasn't even a first ballot Hall of Famer. That man hit, like, 560 home runs. <laughs> and he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is insane to me. So, really, I... I I don't know. I, I I personally wouldn't have voted for Lincecum to be a Hall of Famer, to be honest. Uh, I just felt like he just had a really great burn brightly first few. Because for me, I, I feel like pitchers just need to last at least, I don't know, ten seasons, and then and, and then they can get in, um, uh, it, like ten seasons of, of just of I don't know just good good play. Uh, Lincecum lasted that long, but he didn't. His his great play wasn't that long but i can see your argument especially comparing him to koufax which was a, a good comparison so that's that's my opinion I don't, I don't think he should get in but but i can get your opinion for at least a second look you know at least stay on the ballot for a few more years i don't know
1: yeah I, that's to I, to what's that summarize it
2: to summarize it for you andrew is um here, here's the thing you talk about quality of work and you guys already know my feelings on the hall of fame it's a joke you remember the episode of the simpsons where homer is indoctrinated to that secret society and they have the whole round table and everybody has a beer and they're singing that song who did we do that's how it feels it's very exclusive <laughs> but everybody has their own head up their ass um i think lindsey was a hall of famer i think he kind of waned off because of the times but i think he was the Predecessor to all the great pitching that you have now, you can't tell me that the guy didn't do anything when you have two Cy Young awards, three championships to which he contributed, all the same. Even if he was a back end reliever on 2016, three time strikeout leader, everybody loved him. Everybody wanted him to be on their team. Yeah. And what happens is they have this belief that a Hall of Famer for a pitching should be 300 games. Never gonna happen. Um, but if you look at the criteria of what they really desire is a 300 win-loss kind of thing, 300 wins, 250 wins, and a sub-3 ERA. You're also not going to get that in the modern-day pitching either. And when we say modern-day pitching, I say the the last five years, that's the window because that's who we would go for on the next bit of it, even especially when they're pitching later in life. It's either you learn to get clean at that like um, Scherzer does, or it just gets stat inflated. And it makes me concerned for my boy CC Sabathia, who – I will not take that mm. argument that he's not a Hall
0: of Famer. He's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think CC's a Hall of Famer.
2: I but, think he is. Know, yeah. I think he is, he's but great. if you look great. at how this guy couldn't get a chance, and the the stats are there. It maybe isn't through a long period of time, but injuries come to play. Injuries come to play for everybody. And we look at football, which is another joke of Hall of Fame, but not as bad as baseball, they let in, what, Terrell Davis. You know, yeah, yeah Football is weird. Because... I think
0: football is weird because yeah, because of yeah. injuries and and a lot of players, especially some positions, just don't last long. So,
2: but if you're considering who Lindsenkam was, he, those first two titles, man, it, it was he was a big play into it, and he made the Giants relevant. He was a face of the organization along with Buster Posey, he played alongside like great teams. I don't know what they want. They If they want to have a circle jerk of stats, by all means, I think for a Hall of Fame, sure, you do need the circle jerk of stats, but you're missing the point because you want to play guys that you like favorites. Um, whereas you're going – there's hypocrisy in this Hall of Fame because of David Ortiz being put into it yep. because he was a gregarious personality. Everybody loves Big Poppy, but we are just going to say, hey, he never had PEDs or anything like that. I'm like, okay. Wasn't he suspended by its own independent commission? Was he found out? But then there's the psychopath, Alex Rodriguez. But that's not really about batters. We're talking about pitchers. But I think they have unrealistic expectations. Because if you're telling me Tim Lissacom couldn't do it, then really, why is Clemens not in it? The PDE allegations that you do not have to actually show that he did it, to which Brian McNamee went from Congress, um, recanted a lot of the stuff, was inconsistent, which Clemens was never found to be perjury, you had nothing to link except for a report that wasn't really fully gone through. Mm-hmm. It's You allow presum, presumption to come in and your own media bias. And that's my problem with the standard setup where somebody who's been playing clean, had a high performance, had all the accolades, couldn't get in when you're trying to get somebody who's the antithesis of the person who probably should get in on all merits of it, which would be Clemens, except for the PED stuff. And also Roger Clemens is a bit of an a-hole. Tim
0: Lentzikin's not an a-hole,
2: but I'm Tim, a fan of Tim, one. Yeah. yeah. And it's just silly to say who shouldn't even come into getting a second ballot because what do you do when all these guys, one thing we don't consider is when these people retire, these voters, the next person line up. If we got goofed in, if we goofed them goofs to put us into the Hall of Fame, I would like the opportunity to decide if Tim Lincecum should be getting the vote or not as a successor to whatever they want me to have. Not everybody's going to be right in opportunity. People have. All this other fun stuff. Why would you take somebody off of the ballot after the first year? It's not like, dude. It, it's not like it's. I don't want to say Scott Casimir because I feel like it's a big insult. But you guys know who Scott Casimir is, right? Yeah, yeah, for uh, yeah, yeah. the Rays, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah, it's, it's not like we're gonna say, "Hey, Scott Casimir," or um, Matt Garza. I, I'm just. I don't know why I'm saying another, another. Yeah, the 2008 I, Rays. Kind of,
1: and I'm, I'm why, are you, why are you picking on why are you picking on us man why are you picking on and us
2: really they, they played with other people they played with other teams garza had the perfect game or the no hitter with the cubs i think if remember
0: right. yeah um the casper play but, for the angels yeah
2: yeah so but he, he it's not like those are the guys who are seeking consideration you know I, I i'm just vexed by it and this kind of i feel substantiates my complaints about the good old boy league that has been obviously prevalent, but now you're actually affecting people who, maybe they're not your cup of tea, but maybe it's kind of out with the old and with the new. But yeah, if you go into yeah. the new, if you talk to modern day people, they they couldn't tell you what talent Hall of Famer is because half the time with Twitter fingers, y'all ain't tough, follow us on Twitter, as Andrew said. Um, they feel everybody's a Hall of Famer or not, or, or they say they suck next day. Baseball's weird too.
0: I, I think... And this kind of thing that everybody can kind of make an argument for, for most everyone. Manny Ramirez is the most egregious about this with regards to this. I think that's like yeah, the yeah. only one everybody's like, yeah, that one, yeah, that one's, a, that one's definitely a no. But uh, with regards to the, the PEDs and stuff like that.
1: but oh, Sorry, uh, quick interruption. Keith Yandel has officially
0: hey, broken the weapon. Look at that. He just hey, stepped hey, onto the hey.
1: ice for his first for the first shift.
0: Okay, so all right, Keith Yando. you'll be a player. Remember, forget in the future. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a hall of well. There's one thing Keith Yando's not a hall of famer. Okay. <laughs> well, we would like the opportunity to have a say in it, except for one year. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Uh. So yeah, my my guy Gary Sheffield. Obviously, my things with the Marlins and do the Marlins history, all that stuff, and uh, just this uh, one person here that uh, posted a. Uh, a nice, clean bit of stats comparing David Ortiz, which is the lone guy that got voted in this this year, uh, with Gary Sheffield, other guy on the, on, the, on the ballot as well, Todd Helton, and Bobby Abreu. Uh, uh, David Ortiz wins above replacement at 55.3, lower than Bobby Abreu at 60.2, Gary Sheffield at 60.5, and Todd Helton at 61.8. David Ortiz had less at-bats than Gary Sheffield. Chef uh, had 9,200 at-bats. Ortiz had 8,600. Abreu had 8,400. And Helton had 7,900. David Ortiz only 2,472 hits. Todd Elton 2,500 hits. Bobby Abreu 2,470 hits. And Gary Sheffield 2,689 hits. Home runs. Ortiz hit 541 home runs. Gary Sheffield hit 509. Todd Houghton at a very nice 369. And Bobby Abreu at 288. Batting average. Helton at 316. Career batting average. Ortiz at a 286. Sheffield at 292. Abreu at 291. Runs. Scored. Chef at 1,636. Abreu at 1453. Ortiz at 1419. Helton at 1401. RBI. Ortiz had the most here at 1768. Then Chef at 1676, Helton at 1406, and Abreu of 1363. Uh, and stolen bases, we know Ortiz is not going to have any. He only had 17 his whole career. Abreu had 400, which is, well, that's, <laughs> that's very surprising. And Gary Shefford at 253. Uh, Helton only really had 37. On base percentage, Helton at 414, Abreu at 395, Chef at 393, and Ortiz at 380. So another stat where he's at the bottom. Slugging. Ortiz, highest of course, 552, especially with all those home runs. Uh, uh, Then Helton at 538, Chef at 514, Abrea at 475. On base plus slugging, it is actually Todd Helton at 953, then Ortiz at 931, Chef at 907, and Abrea at 870. And then OPS plus Ortiz at 141, Chef at 140, Helton 133, Abrea 128, and then Walks. Bobby Abreu had 1,476 walks. Gary Sheffield, 1,475. Halton at 1,335. And Ortiz at the bottom at 1,310. And then strikeouts. Abreu had the most, 1,840. Then Ortiz at 1,750. Todd Helton had only 1,175 strikeouts. And Gary Sheffield only at 1,171. He had basically almost 600 less than David Ortiz. Gary Sheffield if you're going by this criteria, is better than David Ortiz. Okay?
2: I I got a little bit of a chub by you saying that.
0: Gary Sheffield (laughs) is better than David Ortiz. Todd Helton, you can make an argument, is better than David Ortiz. Heck, even Bobby Abreu, who I thought shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, but looking at these numbers, I'm like, you can make an argument. I mean, he's on the ballot still. Well, he's he's gonna uh, keep keep going, he's gonna, uh, rolling over. So, uh, so these guys, if you're going by this criteria, Helton Abreu had no PED, whatever. I know Gary Sheffield. There's there's rumors about. I don't know if there was anything definite. I, I have no idea. But we definitely know David Ortiz did something, and people keep pointing out, oh, a 2003 thing, was allegedly, whatever. But something came out later on, and what he missed games, right? He was suspended, wasn't he, or was he mm-hmm. fined? Like something happened. Something happened that they swept under the rug, okay? And, and so, uh, like, people, of course, yeah, he came with, he, he probably, I know David Ortiz, you can make an argument, he's probably one of the best clutch batters in postseason history. We can say that, for sure. But Gary Sheffield did some stuff. I was looking at his clips today because I was posting Gary Sheffield stuff on my Marlins history. Gary Sheffield came to play in 97, and, uh, he, he definitely smacked the, 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 the Giants around in his season. He got a home run in each of the series, NLDS, NLCS, and the World Series uh, with the Marlins. And uh, he came to play in the 2004 ALCS. He did, it, the Yanks didn't lose because of Gary Sheffield. That's for sure in that series. Right, right, right. He, he, he was hitting 300. I think he hit like three home runs or something like that. Like he, he came to play for, for that series. So, and I think Chef also brought in like five RBI during the World Series with the Marlins or something. He brought in some runs. So, uh, Gary Chef had had his moments too. Uh, he had 500 home runs. Uh, and really, it's probably the only one. He, I think he, he technically did play most of his career with the Marlins. And. Uh, the only really? Had, yeah, yeah. I think he, he technically did play most of his career with the I Marlins. I think we only had it for three years. Yeah, we're yeah and he was I think, two seasons with the Braves, I think like four seasons with like the Dodgers or something like that, and then, uh, then uh, I think a few seasons with Detroit and then the Mets for like a season. So I think that's his – oh, yeah, and he started out with Milwaukee and, and then he went to San Diego. He almost won the Triple Crown in 92. He almost won the, the Triple Crown in 92. Uh, so Gary Sheffield has the accolades as well. But, yeah, I don't know. Have don't you guys know. noticed a lot of it is just, you know, former Yankee players are just getting the poo-pooed? Oh. Sheffield, <laughs> Abreu, <laughs> Cladman. it <laughs> I'm uh, just saying. I know Todd Helton is getting screwed over because of the Coors effect. I was kind of hoping that uh, Larry Walker would kind of, you know, massage that a bit. But hey man, he played he played where he played. He played where he played. You can't tell me that David Ortiz didn't take over because of that the that that very, very short wall cool. in right field cool. at, cool. the pesky pole, all that stuff in, in right field at Fenway Park. Okay. Bounce even going the opposite way, bouncing stuff off the Green Monster. Can't tell me David Ortiz didn't take advantage
1: of that. So Or how about um just... what about Reggie Jackson over at uh, Yankee Stadium? So, that's a short porch over and right
0: yeah but but he played for the a's as well out in the coliseum so yeah. reggie jackson was a good player you know and he almost killed the queen and uh, so as you guys remember ah uh, yes that's true so <laughs> um, that was
1: probably a demerit for sure but uh, it's, uh...
0: yeah but uh goons to the baseball writers association of america i think we all agree uh, just a lot of these guys. I mean, there was a they posted a video of when Tony Gwen got the call for the Hall of Fame, and he, you know, he, he, like he obviously, I would think Tony Gwen knew he would make it, but the moment that he got the call, he you know, he started crying and was silent. Yeah. And I'm like, there's an asshole that did not think that Tony Gwen was a unanimous Hall of Famer that didn't vote for him. There's one asshole who didn't vote for him, which is insane to me. Like I, yeah, you know, Mariano got in. He was the only one so far, but so many other guys that should have been unanimous, completely. Ken Griffey Jr. Who, who, who voted against him? Who would like? My goodness, this they should make this shit public. They really should. They really should. Um, uh, look, look, uh, and, and it's really it is kind of. Maybe a bit of rebellion from from our generation because we grew up with the steroid era, okay? That that's what we grew up with. That's what got me into baseball. That ninety eight home run chase was what got me into baseball. Sammy Sosa, okay? That was on Team Sosa for all. I was that was on time. Team Sosa too. So because Team Sosa, yeah, we get home, and the Cubs game was the because they played during the day was on WGN, which used to be on pretty much every every channel in, in America and you just watched the chase and it was just like a, it, it transcended it transcended the sport it was it was part of what people were watching so uh sammy sosa got me into it and i was like you know it was kind of sucks to see the teardown and stuff like that he hit 600 home runs the cubs won't even invite him back to Wrigley like there it, it was it was insane i know his his departure from the cubs was was hard but i mean the guys who own the cubs don't even weren't even there so i don't even know what the the, the thing is with that and i'm gonna on the sammy sosa uh cubs rant you guys won your world series at this point just invite them back okay Jeez. uh anyways um, um mark mcguire those guys and i and barry bonds was a hall of famer because if you look at the way he <laughs> i was looking at old clips of espn on youtube and just like the transformation of Barry Bonds made from like 99 to 2000 was like, oh, wow. There, there's a difference there. Um, but, but he He's was... Like a creatine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, reminds me of Mac Creatine shits. <laughs> 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 from Always Sunny. Uh, me and Charles have been on a Mac kick in, uh, lately. But um It's been so bad. Uh, anyways, but it, it's... I think this is another thing that, once again, baseball, the culture of baseball might be out of touch. Or is out of touch. not might be out of touch. They are out of touch. With If they're trying to keep us in, trying to keep us fans in, especially our generation of fans uh, who may have gotten out or whatever, wouldn't it be nice to know that your heroes, your, the guys that you grew up watching, were, were being propped up, were being honored like it kind of sucks when the the guys that you considered heroes uh on the field are are villainized completely it, it kind of sucks it's like our it's like they they at this point and we we're not deserve so- though, yeah man. yeah we deserve, something. we deserve
2: something we deserve something or and we just go on the social media and rant and, ran and a rave about writers, and they'll never understand. And blah, much like our parents,
0: and much like uh, a lot of things that we millennials just take it. It you know really it's it's their doing. You know it was the generations before that's doing for creating that whole mess. We just enjoyed what we had, so and make do with what we had. And what we had were these monsters that were just mashing home runs or throwing, uh, striking guys out and. You know, like uh, that's what we had. So really, oh, you know, okay, boomers, Uh, you know, like Tom Verducci posted his thing and I'm like, oh, you fucking asshole. (laughs) He posted his thing. He posted his ballot. He made his public, oh. and you, you, I just looked at it. and I'm like, all right, no, you're 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 no, you're out of touch, man. No, I lost all all credit. You lost credibility already, man. So, and, and that's the thing that surprised me. Like,
2: if you hated so much the steroid era, then you would want to vote in and, a Todd Helton, a and, Bobby Abreu, and AJ Przinsky. That's true as well. Or Billy Wagner, so it, and these are and these are guys who've had titles or at least been to what the Rockies went once and were swept. They by to, the yeah. He, he, he,
0: like my criteria is you you get to one World Series or one championship game or whatever or series, and that's it's enough. It's also weird. That's you not Have to
2: contribute in the World Series.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard, but just to, like because you know Ken, Ken Griffey some Jr. Some guys go World like over four. Man. Yeah, Ken, Ken Griffey Ken. Jr. Never played in one. You know things like that, but but at least Todd Elton played in one, right? They were um, swept yeah. though. So I, yeah, I feel that so. sometimes does lead to bad
2: taste in voters' mouth because yeah. they're the ones who listen, I'm sure they're not like us who go on baseballreference.com, great site, do that for any sports thing, go to a reference thing. I'm sure they're given like best up t- clips that have been available to mm-hmm. them from MLB, who has like you should vote for these guys, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um but so I'm sure they've seen certain you things.
0: You know what it is? And it's it's uh also the culture of of sports media now. I mean, we're the Marianas Trench of sports I mean, We're the bottom of the barrel. We're actually we're at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, but, but there are so many outlets now that do the job of these guys much better, and a lot of them are even amateurs, not getting paid a dime, but they do their jobs much better then such as your local
2: trio if you go to our store
0: buy yourself yeah then then the guys that are getting paid to do this in a dying industry which is the newspaper industry (laughs) um but it's true it's true that that this is also another holdover from the days of yore where it's only the baseball writers who kind of knew everything that was going on and, and could and got all the news first and stuff like that from their sources and all that stuff but now you don't really need that Everybody's got, like Charles said, baseball reference. We can all put together our thing. Andrew put together his case that Sandy Koufax wasn't wasn't such hot shit. Uh, well, I might have misinterpreted Andrew's thing, but compared to Tim Lincecum, they were equal shits. I don't know. This is, uh, I'm going on a rant here, but but I get the anger and the and the kind of the hypocrisy of, of the baseball writers in a lot of sense. And it's really, it's, it's, I guess, right? Baseball right now is at a crossroads. And they, mm-hmm. this, the entire culture, the sport itself is at a crossroads right now. We've got a big CBA thing going down at the same time. We have a generational gap between our generations that saw the steroid era and cheered for those guys and. The guys who were watching this stuff from like the 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 eighties and the seventies and stuff like that. and and we got new people coming in that saw the aftermath and things like that. But the aftermath is launch angle and spin rate and you know, spider attack and deadened baseballs or baseballs that are putting a little more bounce to it. So And war. hmm Yeah, and, and, and the advanced analytics and stuff like that. So baseball kinda needs to figure out what they want to do. And how to, it's hard to make everybody happy at the same time, but I think th- they would have gone a long way by letting in at least Bonds and Clemens. They would have gone a long way in sort of bridging that gap. So that's my closing statement on this. Hall of Fame sucks. <laughs> it's overrated. Oh, gosh the well, millions of
2: dollars in those guys' pockets matter more.
0: Wow, we we went on. We are fifty-four minutes. Wow, that was a long one. I, I got to get a small segment out of the way so we can we can bridge ourselves over to the middle segment, as we all know. So let me let me get one of these out of the way. I, I have one prepared here, and and you know what? It, it is. We we did do a player remember forget already once, but I, I had another one planned up, and I just want to talk about them because you know it, it, it's kind of. It kind of connects the, because today's thing was the baseball news. And of course, we'll talk about the NFL uh, playoffs in the second half at this point. But player, remember, forget. Uh, let me get rid of the Scoons thing. Trying to figure out where that is. There we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with, gosh darn it, where did I put it? Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, here he is. I'm going to go with Dan McGuire. Interesting. 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 I don't really? even know who that is. <laughs> exactly. A lot of people don't know who this but Andrew Dan McGuire, is. Mark McGuire's brother. I, I figured. Like <laughs> so Dan McGuire played in the NFL. Was a quarterback. Played uh, initially at Iowa, then transferred over to San Diego State, where he was drafted out of by the Seattle. Seahawks back in 1991 in the first round, 16th overall. So, uh, let me get his Pro Football Reference page up here. And the tallest
1: QB ever. Weber. And the tallest QB ever. That was I was going to mention.
0: Yeah, he was the tallest quarterback in NFL history at six feet eight inches tall. He made Mark McGuire look short. Yes, he is the younger brother. He was also picked ahead of Brett Favre, who went in the second round of, of that draft. Uh, his career stats two touchdowns, six interceptions for an average of five yards, 745 <laughs> yards, uh, 50% completion rate. His quarterback, uh, I guess, record was two. Who the three hell and 0.
2: let him play? <laughs>
0: Played thirteen games, uh, f- four seasons with the Seattle Seahawks and one with the Miami Dolphins. So he did back up <laughs> Dan Marino. He played one game for the Dolphins, and yeah, that's that's Dan McGuire, everybody. I think he's an insurance salesman or something like that. Now, and uh, yeah, so the the, uh, the 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 younger brother of Mark McGuire that nobody's
1: ever heard of so there we go did you i'm guessing did you see the the kto video about that
0: no no i didn't i I was watching no i was watching old mark mcguire highlights and there was a mention of his brother and i'm like mark mcguire has a brother and i had to look it up so that's what i i saw i don't i don't really watch kto they just do lists I don't. I don't like watching list videos. I don't like. Although, giving them
1: my... what KTO did in this instance was he compared short and uh, quarterbacks to tall uh, quarterbacks and okay. Yeah. okay. And absolutely, he brought up uh,
0: Dan, McGuire. Dan McGuire. Yeah. So there's Dan McGuire, everybody. That's that's who I have here. I think I can get one more. Well, I mean. Uh, i I forgot to mention the all-star game head coaches i think right no no i did mention them i did mention them beforehand never mind yeah i think i already got those guys out of the way uh hmm want to do the non-sponsors now guys might as well we're almost there we're three minutes out all right let's do that let's do that guys so it's a word from our non-sponsors people places things concepts what have you that we have been enjoying over the last week so i guess i'll start guys because i already have mine planned out okay so guys i i've i've got i've been enjoying stuff but enjoying video games you know i went through the crackdown series i beat all three games and that i went back to control finally beat the main portion of that game i'm on the extra stuff now and but at the same time I, i've been taking advantage of my hulu subscription because I've been gaming and watching stuff at the same time. Uh, so that's that's kind of I've been doing a kind of double double whammy there. And uh, something that I've been enjoying, uh, Charles has mentioned this before, but I'm I'm going to mention the other version of this. <laughs> uh, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> so Charles mentioned the film which is where this 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 series Uh, was inspired or derived from but i'm mentioning the television series that's on fx and it's also on hulu Uh, what we do in the shadows i I think it's it's a really it's very clever it's very funny Uh, charles has mentioned before it's about the lives of uh, vampires who live in staten island and they're they're vampires that came from like europe and stuff and came out over to the united states and it's about their everyday lives. It's done in the kind of documentary format that I think The Office made famous. So it's in that same style where camera crew is following the, their everyday lives. Uh, you have uh, the main characters there. You have uh, Laszlo. Uh, well, in the middle, you got Nandor, who was like a, 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 like a, gosh, he was like a conqueror of nations in the past, in his past. Uh, you have on the left, you have Laszlo, who was also, I guess, like a British soldier he's from England. You have uh, Colin Robinson, who is an energy vampire.
1: who <laughs> He sucks. <He's-> <laughs> I, it's so, been a while since I've seen the show, but I thought you rema- found it very funny.
0: Yeah, you, so he's an energy vampire. He doesn't suck blood. He, he sucks the energy out of you by just being an annoying human being. <laughs> or not even a human being, but an annoying vampire. That's how he gets his energy. Uh, Nadja on the right, she's the woman uh, married to Laszlo, uh, the second one from the left. And then you have all the way on the right is Guillermo, who is the familiar of Nandor in the middle. He's a human being. He's been working for Nandor, or or Nandor's his master, for like 10 years now. And he wants to be a vampire. But for whatever reason, Nandor doesn't make him one. And he's been holding out hoping he becomes a vampire and it just doesn't happen. And the whole dynamic with that, that's pretty funny. And then it gets, the, st- the show starts off pretty slow in season one. Uh, it takes a few episodes to get there. I think towards the end it started getting good. The second season it got good. I got into it. And the third season was really good. Uh, I laughed out loud in a lot of segments on the show. Uh, and I, I was kind of like, Skeptical after the like first season, I'm like how long can how, how much can they keep this going? And but then they really hit it off in season two. Uh, I think they got the characters' dynamics down pretty pretty nicely. They got some nice twists, and it's been it's it's a fun show. I, I really like it. It's really funny. Uh, I, I think um, people should give it a chance. I'm telling you, it takes it takes a bit to get into it, and uh, I've already ran through all all three seasons already. I think they they've got a fourth season coming up. So, uh yeah, yeah. Uh, um what we do in the shadows. Uh Have you seen the movie? I haven't seen the movie. I haven't. Oh, man. I'm I watched this because of your recommendation of the movie. I'm like, "Well, I can't I I couldn't find the movie to stream, so I'm like, oh, well, I'll stream the show and I bought it on
2: Amazon for like three bucks.
0: Yeah, so like digital. Okay. Okay, I was looking for a, you know a free version of it, but but yeah, it's it's a fun show. Um, gosh, what's a good promo code for this? Uh, 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 promo code Colin Robinson because he's my favorite character in the show. The <laughs> he's he's just funny <laughs> just, cause he's oh man he, he, it's funny. Just watch. I don't want to
1: spoil anything. Just watch it. Uh, since I went last last week, I'll go second this time, I guess. Um, I also, I too have a TV show. Um, it's on CBS and Paramount Plus. Uh, it's called Ghosts. It's based off of a uh, a show from England, also called Ghosts. It's it's virtually an identical copy. Uh, but they made it their own. Um, it's about this couple who uh, the wife inherits this mansion uh, from her grandmother who died. And the house is haunted with ghosts. You've got the ghost of like the great-great-grandmother. There's a Viking. There's a... Scout leader who was uh, shot in the neck with an arrow. Um, and so on and so on. So there's a... This is essentially their purgatory. You have ghosts that go to heaven. Then you have ghosts that go to hell. And then you have a select few that are just stuck on earth. Um, but wherever they die, they can't leave. Um So no one can see them normally, but in just out of a stroke of luck, the wife uh, falls down a set of stairs, breaks her, uh, you know, bangs her head, whatever. Mm. And now she can see the ghosts and talk to them. Um, And she's like the only human who can. So it's this, it's, uh, it it sounds odd, but it is actually quite funny. And if you can, I recommend uh, watching it. Like I said, it's on CBS. Uh, you can rewatch it on Paramount Plus. Um, it's really funny. I recommend it. It's in its first season. Uh, hopefully, they keep it going. Um, okay. Promo code.
0: ghosts okay yeah yeah I, I was interested in this from the the trailers in the preview it seemed interesting i mean it kind of maybe it kind of goes with my linking from that from what we do in the shadows if i can find it uh i'll see if my sister's xfinity account has it for on demand okay all right charles so
2: y'all are gonna laugh but i was not the most prepared i have not done much last week to qualify for any kind of non-sponsors but i too have a television show because you know sometimes it all just fits boys sometimes it all just fits and um i want some diversity but i didn't go get fancy eatings like i did the week prior but uh hopefully soon i want me some fats chicken and I originally, I was going to go with Hulu because I've been watching like two shows on Hulu, but we'll go through a specific show because everybody knows about Hulu. We've talked about it. But y'all know I love my anime. I'm weird with my anime, though. I'm weird with my anime because I'm never into the hot newness that everybody is jumping on. I'm always like two or three years late, partially because I wait for the dub um, portions of the shows that come in. Not against anything against Japanese subtitles, but I could barely read stuff at work. When I come home... I feel like if i have subtitles it's gonna condemn me to kind of like not look at my phone as i watch television to decompress and i need something different plus i can't deal with it yet. listen i went through all hundred and something episodes of dragon ball super in sub yeah. can't do it anymore man so that's all my stuff right?
1: greater than dubs
2: well yeah you know that's fine you, you just because you your ears hurt half the time i understand or you have superior ears and eyes and i do but um we're all for subs pub subs right am i talking Uh, but um, but i'm always behind so originally i was like all right i was gonna save this show for after i finish attack on titan but i'm kind of caught up on that so now i have to go on like a weekly basis and anime to me is like a good vessel of imagination because i deal with some intense stuff and i don't necessarily need to watch a lot of drama shows comedy subjective i don't even know what good comedies are on there i do have to catch up to sunny because it's been a bit i think i left off on season 13 so i gotta go 14 15 but i started upon recommendations by people demon slayer and damn it's good man the animation is crisp and clean came out like 2019 but they have a likable freddy says i do uh rub it in why don't you um they have a likable cast of characters that could be hit or miss for any anime francisco knows this. Andrew, i don't know if you watch anime but if you have like a completely unlikable protagonist looking at you naruto you really don't want to go through it even though they have a good supporting cast but it has one of those things where it's pretty energetic the animation is clean the so- the the concept is very simple I'm going to go be a demon slayer and kill demons because I came home to my village and my family was killed. There's a twist to that where, uh, spoiler, I guess, but I have to get you guys to watch it somehow. Um, I've one of the watched family members. like
0: two episodes already. So.
2: Okay, so I'm at least going to go on that one where okay. the sister becomes a demon, mm. but she's kind of still there. So for anybody who likes their whole like twilight vampire mindset of stuck sucking your blood, it's like, I'm going to twinkle in the stars. It's going to be great during the daylight but it, it offers an interesting dynamic. And of course there's your typical anime thing where like, I have to train to become part of this group, but it is not done in 20 episodes or 30 episodes. It's really done in three or four or five and they'll kind of go from there. Um, so it's interesting. Tanjiro is a likable character. I wanna know why he has like a birthmark, burn mark on his face that changes, but the violence is good. And I don't think I should say that concerning my line work, but for animation style, it's clean, it's crisp. And I make note of that when I watched in old school anime the other day, just YouTube in the fights or whatever. I was like, oh man, this is not as good as it used to be. And I don't think it was Haku show because I would never slander probably the third best anime of all time. But it was something that I had seen and I haven't been on the kick of the current good things. I mean, remember it was Attack on Time and that came out in 2013. I don't think people realize how far back that was. And then My Hero, but My Hero, I just kind of, I can survive till season five is all available. But I jumped into on this Demon Slayer. There's also the Mugen Train movie that came out, Mugen? Mugen, Moho Pork Train that came out. Um, and I believe they're going on a second season. But I gotta say, I like it. 26 episodes on Hulu. You can watch the sub if you're like Freddie to be cultured. Part of my concern is if I watch um, it on sub like I used to back in the days, I'm gonna understand the language a lot better. And I could barely speak Spanish, which should be a secondary language for me, but I would disappoint the family. I don't know, but it'll be talented. Sure, I'll go to Japan and live there. But the animation is clean. The supporting characters are interesting. The characters are interesting. I just met Zenitsu, who is me as a spirit animal in that sense as a character where he's kind of like a coward and then i guess he knocks him he knocks out he gets tired and then some badass wakes up i'm like oh man maybe that's me my jekyll and hyde but i like it a lot i'm gonna see it through and i think the problem is is that you have the second season available and it's going to be in sub so i might have to bite the bullet but definitely recommend demon slayer um i like it y'all should watch it we haven't been wrong i got francisco and what we do in the shadows he just has to watch the movie now Promo code. The problem is, I don't know how to properly pronounce half the characters' names, too, so I don't want to butcher it. But uh, promo code, I'll just go Tanjiro. Make it simple. Main character's name.
0: Yeah, and uh, they have a video game now on Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah,
2: I mean, but they did that off the first season, and it's not like. So, side note to a side note, those old um, Dragon Ball games, Budokai games, were fantastic because you had like 100 plus characters. If you're going to base a game off of like current anime, it's not going to work because that's what happens with the whole My Hero situation where you have to make two of them because now you're caught up on the anime. So you have to keep making those games just to justify the roster. So if I'm going to do any of those fighting games, got to do it. At the end, that's what's great about some Naruto's games because, oh okay, yeah, the stuff's been done. You want to play this stuff again? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. Mm.
0: All right. So we all had television shows all with some sort of uh, supernatural
1: element to it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, uh, look at that link right Freddie, there. I don't know the backstory of this, but Freddie uh, requested that we discuss Grace and Allen.
0: Grace and Allen?
1: Let's see what's going down.
0: Uh, Grace Freddie, and Allen's let us Oh, okay. Let me see. Uh, what did he do recently? I'll look on. I'll look on, on Twitter here, and then we'll we'll go from there and see what happened. Oh, Grayson Allen. Yeah, I could tell
2: this if this is where I think Freddie wants me to go. So mm. basically, Alex Caruso for the Bulls, Mister mm, yeah. Bald Cap, going in for this big old dunk, and then Grayson Allen, instead of going to jump up and block like a normal human being does, he mm. goes and says, "Hey, you know who my favorite WWE wrestler is." freaking brock lesnar so he basically like collided with this man and just slammed him down and caruso had a fractured wrist and he's out four to six weeks and the nba only gave him a one game suspension for Grayson allen and it had been called upon billy donovan was like yo there should be and we love billy donovan here follow us on twitter billy join us on the show we are not going to pay you but you should be so glad that we'll help you make the bulls relevant why not so Grayson Allen, he's suspended for one game, and he had a reputation at, where did he play? Duke, for being kind of a dirty yeah. player. Mm-hmm. And then he had a little bit of that when he was with, I think, Utah when he started up. I, don't, I think he went Memphis and then Utah. And now, or in Milwaukee. Yeah, he was on the Bucks now. So now you're getting all this controversy. Someone just needs to beat his ass at this point, and I'm not advocating violence any way, shape, or form. What I am advocating is for a manner lesson. You know, Bam bio if he pulls that stuff in Miami, you know what to do um it will be jimmy who does it but it's kind of uncalled for are they gonna bring it up i want you guys to kind of see it i saw and i was like yo what is this nonsense that's happening because the problem is people who like those fouls like oh no those fouls are totally acceptable from back in the day y'all are just soft you don't miss the bad boys and all that stuff no 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 if i'm like eight feet in the air and i come crashing down on my arm that's career, that's pain. Some guys don't mm. get back into it. They lose out yeah. of money. Thankfully for Alex Caruso, he just, um, just made his money in the free agency. Yeah, watch that. And the yeah. thing is you get no recourse because the fact is is that the punishment does not fit the crime. You're gonna tell me that's just one game? Yeah. And this has been a secondary problem in the NBA because we bring that to Mark Keith Morris. Yeah. Getting shoved by Paris Parasoralfus. Yeah, um,
0: Parasirolophus. yeah, yeah.
2: Parasirolophus. And all this other nonsense. And has Morris even played since then? Nah. And nope. maybe, I don't know if we're milking it at that point, but I'm not going to say that we're milking it. But office and his, you know, Serbian tracksuit brothers, are yeah. <laughs> Oh, he, he's faking it. I don't care. I'm scared of you guys. Come down. By the shirt, it, everybody. <laughs> yeah, buy the shirt. Am I right? Mm. Um, but this is really a kind of telling thing because if you want to avoid any malice Damn. at the or palace malice at the palace, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you want to avoid any of those situations, actually give more than a single game suspension because everything here and you can't tell me it's a he at the yeah. moment situation or anything like that. You can't say, Oh, you can't go and say, Oh, Grayson Allen's just three point two, he's not a defensive guy, because I never saw JJ Varea. Or I'm sorry, uh, is it JJ Berea Bar- Bar- and, and JJ And
0: I, 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 you know? I don't, I don't know if the NBA has, because Andrew, I don't know if you remember from like the NHL, where there was an issue with them with regards to uh, player injuries and fouls and, and penalties and things like that. Uh, guys, you yeah, know, guys, especially guys getting boarded. That was like kind of the, the big thing with guys getting boarded. Um, and then the nhl decided to i guess add a, a new a new position at the at their headquarters for um i guess uh, player safety and discipline
1: right the shanahan
0: yeah and then uh, yeah uh, and uh, uh shanahan uh brendan shanahan was the head of that before he moved on to, i think he went over to toronto be part of their their front office but yeah you that know, yeah that was a big thing the shanahan whenever they would look over what the the penalty was, and see if it was egregious and required, and you know, more of a fine or a suspension. And even you know, games, maybe not at the moment, but games afterwards, and and a lot of NHL uh, fans. I mean, you know, you can complain or all you want, but I think the NHL has, for the most part, gotten a hold of that with regards to having f- fair enough suspensions and fines for guys that. Do egregious things. Tom Wilson is still out there for some reason, but still, you know, I think they've got a handle on it for the most part. The NBA might need to do something like this as well. Well, yes or no? Does this
2: just justify for one game,
0: knowing that Alex Caruso is gone for six weeks? Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. We need something that kind of.
2: Uh, and that's the problem.
0: Makes it more of a fair, a fair, a fair trade off where you lose a player. And look, the Bulls are actually good this year. So you lose a player who has contributed. He was on the Lakers, you know, uh, when they won the Mickey Mouse championship, and and, and literal Mickey Mouse championship. And they, uh, and, and so. It, it it doesn't yeah it doesn't make any sense and of course Morris with the heat so we've already experienced that this season so it it's something that that should be done like just a, a panel or, or just a, a guy from the NBA who knows about something like this. I don't know, what, what's Grant Hill doing? I don't know. <laughs> just some guy, just somebody, somebody. Bring in yeah. Shane Battier. Yeah, oh, oh sorry, yeah, Shane, Sh- No, Shane Battier is way too smart to be. Working for the NBA's front office, you know he he's he's got to run the team. That's what he wants. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So we saw it and we discussed it. And yeah, you know, Grayson Allen, he's I yeah, could put him out as a goon, right? He's a goon. Can do that throughout there. Yeah. Well, that was a, a very goonish thing to do. Yeah. So that's what a goon does. Uh, we don't need Grayson Allen to support your podcast. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Well, I, I do want to throw it over. I just want to get this out here, guys. I want to do a real MVP. All right? And, guys, my real MVP are the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> guys, I've been, an, I've been a 49ers fan since 1849, the original 49ers. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you guys know uh, I've been a 49ers fan since the season started. <laughs> I was in no way a Packers fan at any point in this season. Okay? You guys can look back at the tapes. Uh, but... But, man, did the Niners ever create fantastic memes for their improbable run to the NFC Championship? And Charles has been sitting on this. Charles was vindicated this year, for sure, but the vindication has become even more sweeter. It's aged very much like fine wine at this point. So... I guess this 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 is what I wanted to do: jump right into the NFL divisional round. But I, I want to get Charles happy before he comes a little sad later. But but get him happy right now. The San Francisco Forty ers they they did a thing, Charles. They did a thing. They were yes. facing off against your boy Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, as you would call him. Face, this is okay. Wait, hold on, Charles. Hit us yes. with it. Frogs. There we go. Frogs. Aaron Fraudgers, Uh He faced off, against. this, this. I think it's his third ma- matchup against the 49ers in his postseason Correct. career, has not won against them at all. And there was even a quote the last time he played the 49ers. I think they were, the Niners were the home team. And he said something like, oh, if this was at Lambeau Field with all the elements and everything. You know, they they the Packers would have had more of a chance and would have won or taken advantage of that. Well, the Packers were at Lambeau Field this time. They were at Lambeau Field the first time he played the 49ers and he lost. So, I don't know. I guess the guy kind of disregards facts. <laughs> yeah. ah. Anyways. Ball don't lie? Yeah, ball don't lie. You know, well, scientific evidence doesn't lie either but Aaron Rodgers faced off against the 49ers at Lambeau Field which really has no there's no sense of awe with Lambeau Field. I think it's been, I think it's been overrated to be honest.
1: The Frozen Tundra The Frozen of Tundra field.
0: they was, oh, they hadn't lost and whatever but the Packers have only won what, 3 Super Bowls in That's their so. entire history so it's it's like Well, it's like, no, they
2: they've won more. I think.
0: And they won NFL championships, I think, before that. But I think the Super Bowl era, they've only won three. I think they won like the first one initially, or maybe four, or like one or two in the the early era of like Vince Lombardi, and then one with Brett Favre and one with Aaron Rodgers, and that's it. That's it. So it's not like Green Bay has any sort of aura to it. It's, it's Green Bay, Wisconsin, right? They have cheese. That's all it is. Uh, well, they play the 49ers, and the 49ers kind of, kind of got rid of. Two two annoying fan bases in the, in the span of two weeks. But, all right, fine. Are we Pack-
2: saying they're the real MVPs? Yeah,
0: yeah they were. Because, man, yeah. they put it together at the end. Yeah. Look, the Packers went out to an early lead, 7 nothing. They was 7 nothing at halftime. And then, all right, they put it. But Packers weren't getting anything going after that. They really weren't. All right, 49ers got their... Got their field goal in the third quarter. Alright, 7 to 3. Game is within reach. And then the fourth quarter happened, Charles. The fourth quarter happened. Ah, man. Oh, this is oh no, this was his fourth matchup against the 49ers. Yep. He's, he's lost four of them. There we go. The first quarterback to lose four playoff starts to one team in NFL history. So there you go, Aaron Rodgers. You made history. There we go. Alright. How's that D warmer working out for you?
1: okay (laughs) all right he's he's immunized against winning uh, the or the 49ers are immunized against uh losing yeah
0: for sure for sure oh man charles do you want to take it from here because the game yes here we go
2: Oh yeah, I was a
0: sad yeah. boy on Saturday.
2: Yeah. I was crying some tears. Not because mm. that my team and I predicted that we were gonna lose on this show, lost. I was sad because had all things relative remained the same, and instead of yielding for a um two extra instead of going for a PAT, we went for a two-point conversion that we failed on because we everybody knew and their mother knew that we were gonna go kick it to um, Derek Henry to run it in. So, you know, rip the nose of spite the face. It was one of those things where I was sad because we could have won. We came back. Even though I had predicted us to lose, it wasn't like we were going to get slaughtered. But this, this season, you know, I was hurt. But something happened. As the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, Aaron Rodgers is going to just get you fantasy football pundits all excited he's going to contribute to it and do some good stuff and then he's actually gonna to have to play in the playoffs and this was the only game he played in the playoffs because he was a number one seat number one seat so he was a quick in and out he was at charles at a social gathering to celebrate a baby i'm out man i'm out let me peace out he didn't show up he was like 20 for 28 200 something yards of interception and i just Mm, It just felt so good because I was right on two things. Three years ago when I first joined on the show, I'm not an OG, but I'm the closest thing to an OG for the show. You guys are the original OGs with Doug, but I I was accepted and loved. I remember one of the hot controversial takes was, what's so great about Aaron Rodgers. And then I kind of looked like a madman. To quote Thanos, they called me mad because I was lapping it up. I wasn't lapping up the love of Aaron Rodgers, but I looked at the body of work and I said, you know, he doesn't play defense, so I can understand, the, oh, the defense let up. But he does play offense. He does throw the ball. And I felt that a lot of people were just making excuses. They were making excuses. They are making excuses about how parents make excuses for their children. Oh, he's not so smart, but he played football. Real well. Stuff like that. He doesn't know the meaning of the word quit, or you should quit ahead because I'm about to go deep on this man. I was like, you know, Where's the touchdowns? Where's this guy who gets 40-something TDs the last several years with only like three picks, and he can't read the defense anymore? This guy who's going to be awarded a fourth MVP, which I think is fraudulent in and of itself because it really should go to Brady or Cooper Cup, And yet again, he just doesn't show up. And last year it was like, oh, they settled for the field goal and set for the touchdown. Well, Mr. Big Balls, if you were such, you know, that much of a baller, you could just change the audible right there and deal with the consequences. And you caused all this kerfuffle, kerfuffle, boys, coming into the season. And I felt like no one was fully behind me yet because I see through that BS. I go to court. I cross examined some bad people in life. I saw through your assault Aaron Rodgers. And then it came out, Ivermectin, all of a sudden, you know what, I'm not even going to hate you. You want to believe in whatever medical science you can't see me, finger quotes in the air, um, that you want to practice. It's your body. Who am I to say do anything different? But I am going to keep to my convictions that I think that there was a time period where you were great. And now you've just become very good. And you didn't show up on this team, this team that basically gifted you everything, right? I I know there were some fumbles and things like that, but is it your task of being the quarterback to maneuver the ball from the 20 on your end when you get the ball back of the 25 all the way to the end zone. Isn't it your obligation to not throw in picks and fumble the ball? Isn't it your obligation to throw it to your best receivers? Isn't it your obligation to try to help preserve your team? And, yes, I know, I know that you don't play special teams. And this goes back to where I feel vindicated because for the last several years, boys, there was always a fall guy mike mccarthy care about play calling mind you hmm. On the face of things maybe terrible at play calling but brought you moderate success and all of us coming from bad fan bases can appreciate that it, even if you go back to the days where they lost to the seahawks and blew it up like well you saw them make passes gone are days of last year he was blaming matt lafleur coming into where the year prior where they got slaughtered by the 49ers see the point here hearts broken 38 to like three or something like that no you don't get to use other people as a fall guy anymore. Fan bases, acknowledge me that I'm correct on this because it feels really good. The the pettiness of you guys joining my pettiness about him and the COVID thing, that's a pol- political game. I get that. Y'all now joining my bandwagon. I, I, I just find the it
0: theme, funny. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny too. It, it adds to the, it, it just adds to it. So I'm, I'm I'm trying not to get into whatever. Like, well, I'm not, speaking yeah, I'm not thinking, about but, you guys. But I'm speaking it's, about it's, everybody. It's funny that, <laughs> Like, we talked about it when it happened, just like, oh, the memes and the things that are produced from this. Oh, and he has to win now because he's got to prove that he's a, I don't know, he's got to prove something to everybody. Oh, man.
2: absolutely right. And the reason why he had to prove something else was because they drafted a quarterback after him. He didn't make the playoffs. He made it seem like that he was a big old sink. But now you just literally poop the bed, and it feels good for me, and it's because
0: mm. someone's gonna watch you. And now you, you, to and play you know, the game. Was like, I have to look into the future. Something like this also happened to someone. It, it happened to Brett Favre, actually, right? Because Brett Favre came in, he was young, he got his Super Bowl pretty early in his career, and then yeah, he made the playoffs pretty consistently, but nothing happened. Blows well, with the Packers. They draft this guy, this young guy, a quarterback that's supposed to be the next thing. And he gets all pissy and all that stuff and ends up losing. I think he lost in the NFC Championship game and then uh, screwed off to like New York play for the Jets. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers is at that same crossroads. And the other
2: thing that makes me feel good about myself is I was the one pulling for the Niners because they were my NFC favorite in the beginning of the season. And I was like, I see a good team with injuries. And everybody's like, oh, but Jimmy G. I'm like, I don't I don't care about Jimmy G. I'm seeing a guy who's playing bad, but uses his team to help him out and not screw it over fully. He's not always accurate. He goes some boneheaded interceptions, but it don't matter if you're on the winning end. It's stuff that you can correct. And he's also been what mildly injured as well. Spraying finger, thumb, sprained shoulder, all these things that come into it. I just Credited Kyle Shanahan for kind of being a great coach, because if he wins and beats the Rams, that's two out of the three years that your team has gone to the Super Bowl. Mightily impressive. And the whole basis that you could say is, hey, we didn't have um, the quarterback last year because he was hurt. Now this creates a little problem for people because if they are successful – you have to, of course, go with Trey Lance. You trade up everything, but good for Jimmy G. He's at least going to show himself to say, hey, let me get some stuff on the market. But this is a two-way vindication for me for picking the Niners. I mean, granted, they have to win one more game, but the Rams are always just a short fuse away from effing it up. Um, so I, I don't know if I can trust them fully. But also with the Aaron Rodgers thing, someone's going to want him if he does decide to come back. I think the Packers are going to try their best to come back, but they're in salary cap hell. They're $44 over the cap, so yes, you can cut out Preston Smith as Darius, um, Darius Smith and Preston Smith. Yeah, the Smith. I call them like the Smith brothers, even though they're not brothers. But you still have to sign Devontae Adams, and you can't franchise him because then you're $60 million over the cap. And Rodgers, if he is going to come back, I think that's going to be a $40 million contract right there for at least that year if you're going to take it base by base and you can retool some things. But you, you left your organization in, in dire straits. You did more damage. And the Packers themselves, the organization... Brian Gunkus and Matt LaFleur have now left that organization more damaged. I would feel compared to when Brett left, because when Brett left, you're like, we're going to take a shot on Aaron and we're going to see, I think they went six and 10 in that first full season
0: mm-hmm. until
2: they provided with the right weapons. But also it goes back to something that I felt like a lot of people were not giving credit to. Yes. He was an excellent quarterback. He's still an excellent quarterback. I'm not going to say he isn't. I'm looking at the whole um, timeliness mm-hmm. of his career. He had, excellent receivers Devonte adams is an excellent receiver like mm-hmm. top top two yeah. right now coming into it and then in those times he had donald driver donald jones as a tight end he had um randall cobb he had greg jennings he had um jordy nelson he nothing to snuff at and i feel that he became bigger than that, it's not like he had seasons with Tom Brady, who he's, he was doing Keenan McCardell, Jabar Gaffney, and we're going down some real list Damn. of names that are coming into it because that <laughs> that was a, and then he had a bust of down Dion Branch. Remember Brady's wide receiver core from like 2004 to like 2006? That's where
0: Pell. Yeah, before he, yeah, before um, Randy Moss got there,
2: yeah. That, that's what propelled the, the Randy Moss rate and Brady still make that work.
0: And even to a degree,
2: Phillip rivers, uh, it's a weird thing to go on because they don't have a lot of success on his playoff record, but he still was able to put some things out there. we would just what, Vincent Jackson and then, <laughs> and then Vincent Jackson left. Right. So um, I'm just going, yeah, that came out and I'm just going through the recess, but there were some quarterbacks who they're in success. And we can all say Rogers had a lot of high success to always go to the NFC game, but you know, it's terrible. He's – ooh, and you guys are going to throw some shit at me. He's Donovan McNabb with the one Super Bowl ring. Mm. Think yeah. on that.
0: The yeah, McNabb, keys, they got political. to the – yeah, they got to the NFC Championship game for like, what, three, four seasons in a row? Then they finally got it. Yeah, five it. times they got there. Yeah, and then they finally got there and <laughs> lost to the Patriots. Uh, barely lost to them, by the way. And, yeah, yeah.
2: Hmm. It bothers yeah. people, but no one ever said diamond yeah. McNabb was a terrible quarterback. Yeah. He doesn't have the MVP, so it makes the thing a little bit off. But this was a guy that was six pro bowls. Yeah. I brought this stuff up now. You know, six pro bowls, everything I there. Always follow McNabb
0: has got the short end of the stick with regards to respect for sure.
2: Yeah, and and you know, he had some great receivers to help him out too to degree. And yeah, mess, but he didn't have anybody like, like
0: I mean finally at the end he had what to as but that was like basically just one season of that. But he, for, but like, he
2: had some guys though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's true. Also a back thing. Yeah, I mean you're gonna make me go but full still, on he, in.
0: But yeah, McNabb had, and he had Andy Reid as his head coach too, which helps him out. But either way, he's still a good quarterback. He's a he, he's a Hall of Famer, right? He actually made it. I don't even know. I, don't um,
2: I think he they're still waiting on him. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, but he should make it, so <laughs>
2: the way things go. Alright, so he had T.O., Toppings, the writers and
0: Shadows. Even though Zach Thomas is still not in. Ah, that's a whole thing. Anyways. But oh yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> but it, it's been it's been fun. Uh the memes have been fun, right? That <laughs> was it what was the thing with the no shot? He has uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what was the no? Ch- no Two things: Aaron game? rogers is
2: believing gets no shots or something like that.
0: Yeah, something. I think Andrew might know it, but I'm not sure if he's still on right now. Is he? Um, he yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what was that meme about Aaron Rodgers about no shot or something like that?
1: Uh god, I can't remember. Or his his
0: current playoff hopes or Super Bowl hopes are the same as his his vaccination status? No shot or something like that. It's something like that.
2: McNabb also had Kevin Curtis and Deshaun Jackson. In in that, that final year where they made it to the NOC championship going 11-5. They had Deshaun Jackson, Jason Avant, and Jeremy Macklin. I feel like I just had to put that out there for my justification. Um not better than the Patrick Mahomes memes though. Just saying. Uh
0: yeah. So
2: And I, I feel Andrew and I are gonna have a nice little conversation before he leaves on that on that game. Yeah. So like we're going full football. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm going to see if I can pop up some Aaron Rodgers memes here before we move on to the other games that happened. Uh, every corner of Twitter coming together to dunk on Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Which is uh, great because
2: you know what? Half the people love that guy. Discount double check. Like the little fat kid with the big yeah. arms. You know, doing it back in the day. You know, State Farm. The Aaron Rodgers rate. Yeah. And you know,
1: I gotta, I gotta say, <laughs> my man Aaron here—he's not my man—but because of his idiotic political stance, he's essentially ruined any shot he had of being like the Jeopardy host or really doing anything post-football. Uh, I, I wouldn't
0: say that. that. I wouldn't in, say in that. The There's
2: a whole bunch of people. Listen. We make a lot of jokes about him, but that guy wanted a life after career in football to any way, shape, or form. And I don't think he would ever be coaching or
0: owning or anything like that. But
2: analyst wise, they
0: take him in a heartbeat. Yeah.
1: I think they'll, they'll, they'll get him.
2: Because he's very well spoken. He's intelligent.
0: Yeah.
1: Um,
2: he knows well, how to I, play I, people.
1: I, I think intelligence a bit of a stretch, but okay. Oh,
2: you know, Fox Sports right there for you. Just say <laughs> FS1. Um... But there there is definitely in, in the nature of the game, the nature of the game. I mean, listen, if Chris Sims and I say that with a little respect in there, but if Chris Sims can get a analytical part of it, Aaron Rodgers is okay.
0: Uh okay, so so that was that game. We gotta talk about the other game, Charles. Let's go. Let's get your 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 feels out of the way completely. Okay. I, I mean and just it what happened? Parts. What happened? The
2: defense showed up. Todd Downing is ass backwards. We need some wide receiver help, but I do feel that instead of going for the two point conversion after the first touchdown, it should have just gone for the PAT and your defense went down done anything, but that didn't happen. Obviously it would have kept the score in theory, 17 to 16 instead of what led to it. But then I don't understand the last 20 seconds, why we just had to force the ball because I think we could have grinded out the Bengals and my problem is, is that this has made me kind of hate Joe Burrow a little bit, but not because we lost, but because fan bases now make me want to hate Joe Burrow. And that's like the worst thing that could happen because I feel like we're creating a new Aaron Rodgers. He's a little bit too cocky for his own good, but you kind of want that. You don't want anybody who's um, mild-mannered when they're trying to bring out a desolate I, organization to success. I, and he's doing it. He's doing it with, LSU, doing it with the Bengals, I, I, I think love it, it.
0: Yeah, I think it's just, it's you know, the, I think uh, Freezing Cold Takes had the, that meme of that one it, guy like, Is he too
2: memeable? I think that's what it is.
0: It it might be. I mean, he's been, I think he's got kind of, and really the NFL is going to really try and make him a face, especially if he gets to the Super Bowl. Uh, Especially if they win that Super Bowl. Yeah, and he'll be all over the place. Okay, you thought Baker Mayfield just being, having one okay season with the Browns was was a lot? Wait till Joe Burrow makes a Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're going to see him everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah.
2: And the thing is, he's absolutely, and you know what I like about him?
0: Super humble. He knows, he's the reason
2: why they got Jamar yeah. Chase. He's like, "That's yes, my boy. Yeah. Like, imagine that. Because Jamar Chase did not play last year. He was a COVID opt-out. And he's like, that's my boy. You, you don't think scouts are concerned by that? Scouts would be concerned. You don't play a whole year. What can you no. do? Can you gain weight. You go from there. And Joe was like, that's my dude.
0: Making sense he Cincinnati a propeller. place people want to go to. Jeez. Yeah, making Cincinnati a place that you want to go
2: to, precisely. And I don't hate that it happened because I, I can see myself cheering for the Bengals if it was like a Super Bowl thing. You know what I mean? Okay, okay that's nice. It's not like when it was the Rams and the Patriots going to be back. like, I don't like any of these things. But, you know, but it happened. I accept it. I don't understand why Todd Downing had to force it. Ryan Tanner was off, and everybody's asked the controversy. It's like, oh, Tannehill and stuff. But I've obviously given you this proposition that I don't need an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl for all these teams I've supported uh, and suggested. Case in point, look at the Niners. Um, I do think it might be time to get a successor in the draft, but not first round or second round. Get a third round guy. Because Tannehill is like 33, going on 34. He has two years left on his contract. Service I don't for think, now. Yeah. I don't think his skills are bad. The decision making was just bad, which is rare because the last two years he's been good, but that's what happens. And And Raymond wants to support Downing. Fine. But I like the smash mouth because it works. But you got to open it up because sometimes you need not big plays, but you need to not be predictable because that's what led to the four for one stuff. And that's what led to the P8 or the two point conversion being failed because you knew you were running to Derrick Henry. Ew. He looked great. I'm happy that he's healthy. But where was my wide receiver screens too, or not the halfback screens with him? I don't know. It happened on the show. I said we were going to lose, but it was what hurt the most was the fact that like if we actually had smarter coaching instead of like whipping it out, we go this is how big it is. If you just played, you know, safe, I felt like we could have got it. But I think the other concern was that Randy Bullock has not been accurate that much in kicking, and the weather was kind of out there. So maybe there was concerns about not going for there. But then you have McPherson, Mr. No Fear, that rookie kicker from Florida for the Bengals. Holy crap, that, kid, that kid's like uh, Sebastian Janikowski reborn in my eyes. He was good. Mm-hmm. All the kickers were good this weekend. You know who was the best kicker? Robbie Gold. Why? Eliminated uh, Brett Favre. Eliminated Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Real MVP there. Mm-hmm. The real. And then we have the other game okay so so now we watch the super bowl yeah all right so let's well let's go with let's go with the first i guess exciting game finish whatever uh the the rams tom brady's out everybody america wins oh yeah we forgot about that
2: game
0: tom brady's out america wins so the patriots are out tom brady's out right all is right with the world
2: (laughs) i was rooting for tom because i wanted to see tom versus jimmy Mm. because You just got to think of all the controversy. That was yeah, there.
0: and and in the end, they're both neither of them are on the Patriots. That would have been uh, something. But Eric, yeah. So the Rams, uh, jumping out to a lead against uh, Tampa, and then Tampa waking up in the second half, making it close. Okay, Matt Stafford in the NFC Championship game for the first time ever.
1: That's man, that's good, good, right? Yeah, long I'm, time. I'm ago.
0: happy. Yeah. I'm
1: happy for him. Yeah. I'm so happy for
0: him. I got out of Detroit. Yeah, everybody knows what the Lions did to his career and to Megatron's career as well. Calvin Johnson, like everybody knows. So just to see him out in L.A. having a chance for a possible Super Bowl, it's good. It's good. Feel good story, uh, and. Uh, well, and then you have the matchup L.A. versus San Francisco. That's going to be fun. Okay, a, a classic rivalry between those two cities in all of their sports. So that's that'll be a really good one to watch. Uh, so I'm, I'm I kind of have to go with the Niners on this one. So I'll just I'll go with right. that. Follow yep. me. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll go with that. But yeah, good job, Matt Stafford. Yeah, Tampa. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, so. Then the final game, Casey Buffalo, man, fantastic! Yeah, all time classic game. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw. I'm sure Andrew. I don't know if, you, especially you, what Jeremy Tache posted. Uh, the, what did he post? Mm, what you say? Yeah, mm, what you say? It, it, it basically. Oh, went, yeah, yeah it basically went viral. Uh, It did numbers. <laughs> it yeah, and
2: the Barcel Sports did not give Jeremy his due,
0: so yeah,
2: y'all frauds yeah. too. Yeah, we're calling you out right here, buddy.
0: Yeah. So
2: follower board Jeremy Tache, he's on yeah. Valley
0: Sports and all that fun stuff. Yeah, no, he's doing some stuff. He's doing so. Some... He came down to our show. Imagine that. Watch, he's gonna be like on nbc or abc or something like that one day and then we are be like yeah he was on our show <laughs> hey everybody sports gives number 549 here <laughs> yeah uh, we're
2: shills we we will hold it out
0: yeah uh anyways. we'll be doing the show until the end of time yeah well we'll fi- we will find a way to keep it going <laughs> so yeah what just when you thought it was over it wasn't over and especially at the end, I'm like, oh, well, here we go. And I go, like, oh, well, and Charles, you saw the chat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. saw the chat. I was like, I was like what like, is this
2: happening? Is just, it was just so
0: good. It was. It was really good. Josh Allen uh, versus Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, man, Patrick Mahomes just now, now that he's like, Brady's out. Okay. It's time. It's my time. Finally.
1: Finally. And.
0: Yeah, it's
1: it's. Can scary. we take a moment? Can we take a moment here to appreciate Gabe Davis? I, I, I was I was uh, in my head of my mental notes. I was like, how
2: many minutes are we going to get on Gabe
0: Davis?
2: <laughs> All right, Andrew. I, I, I Prop, I, I won't, prop up your worry, boy. Andrew,
1: prop I, up your boy. I won't spend too long on prop him, up your boy. but NFL record, folks. UCF making waves. I knew he was special. The Kid is legit. He was a sight to behold uh, at UCF. No one could defend him. And unfortunately, he he juked a UCF alum out of his jockstrap as well. Uh, on that last touchdown, he... Um, Juked out uh, cornerback Mike, Mike, Mike Hughes. Hughes, so you know you, you kind of feel bad for Mike there, but damn, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Oh boy, but still, hey, it's, you
0: got two of your guys out there, you know. So,
1: and you know the 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 great thing is you hear all these people. I mean. I'm not going to say Gabe Davis is good just because of UCF. That would be uh, diminishing how good of a player he is. But I take very a good amount of satisfaction seeing all these pundits that are like, oh, UCF, you know, they claim this national championship, but... You know, they had no NFL caliber players and their crap. Quite a few people said there were no NFL caliber players on this team. I think we have on the 2017 team. I think we have 23 right now who have either who have played at some point in the NFL. Um, And then you've got freaking Gabe Davis. Who just up and decides? You know what? I'm going to break a record, an NFL playoff record here, and so it's you know, congrats to him. I mean, that's awesome. Um, but it's it's also uh, it, it's nice to see some of these uh, anti-UCF pundits getting some hum, getting uh, eating some humble pie. Not that All they'll right. ever.
2: We love Humble Pie up in the show.
0: Yeah.
2: But he did
0: great. Uh, yeah, but this game, this is an all-timer. This is an all-time game. For sure. This is one that people will be like, yeah, man. Uh, we'll see. Uh, gosh, I don't want the Chiefs to win it again. Uh, really?
2: Yeah. I so there's a constants for being that good and building the team that they built I don't
0: want I don't want another I don't you want don't want another Brady Exactly the Brady and the Patriots I don't want this to be a thing. I really don't even though I'm a 49ers fan you guys know but <laughs> well they beat you in that Super Bowl so you should come in with that rage yeah two years I said, ago. yeah exactly yeah I, my, my retroactive rage is <laughs> so I'm, yeah there could be a rematch once more. Uh, between Casey and San Francisco Garoppolo versus Mahomes again. could you I don't think many people would have imagined that would be the constant rematch that we'd be getting <laughs> in Super Bowls if if that happens, if that happens. but yeah, there's a possibility. there's a possibility. but then of course, you could have two really nice stories the new guy and in, in Matt in uh, Joe Burrow versus the guy that's been waiting all this time, Matt Stafford uh, that there could be that possibility. As well, but yeah, that's that's been that, it was a, it was a good good crop of games. I think I think we we for the most part everybody was satisfied. Uh, the Charles was sad at the beginning, but something made him very happy on that day too. So that was good, and yeah, yeah, that's where we got NFC and an AFC championship. See where it goes down. All right, uh, let's see. We are at an hour forty nine. I don't really have any NHL news that I want to talk about, to be honest. You're not going to
2: open up the controversy about what happened? I'm shocked, right, Andrew? About what? About the Bills Chiefs.
0: Oh. Oh, overtime. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Let's go into the overtime conversation. Because, Andrew,
2: you're still leaving at 9, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we're at an hour 49 left. We got, yeah, nine minutes, basically, uh, for Andrew. But, all right, so overtime. So, yes, the game went tied into overtime. The NFL overtime rules, as we, as most people know, go as a coin flip. Whoever gets the ball chooses to receive or defend. And then if the team that has the offense first scores a touchdown, the game is over. If they go for a field goal, then the other team has an opportunity to try and score a touchdown and or try and kick a field goal to tie the game and see if they can defend and that's how that rolls but Chiefs won the coin toss Chiefs got the touchdown, game was over and a lot of people did not like that some people felt it was anticlimactic in a sense for for that game Uh, but that's been the rules for quite a bit in the NFL now, I think it's at least 10 years right since they've done this rule and like nine or 10, yeah. yeah, something like that. And because before it was, and whoever got a points first, it didn't matter how, uh, would win the game. Uh, and it gave a lot of people trying to call for a change to the overtime format. Some people were calling to adopt what college football has. Some people feeling that that would be ridiculous. And of course, Chiefs fans are happy with it. Bills fans are not. Uh, my dad wasn't happy with it. he's like it should be like a baseball you you should at least have a shot should at least have one shot at at, uh at getting the 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 ball back or the offense back uh and so so yeah let's let's start this
1: I've, i've softened my stance a little bit i initially said college or nothing and that's a little bit too much or not college or nothing but I was like, they have to go with college. And that's a little bit too much. I think whatever it is they do, both teams have to have an opportunity. And I know a lot of people are like, well, if you can – well, you should have the opportunity you should be able to stop them. It's like, come on, really? Like – and Kingdom Hearts is pissing me off because I'm trying to open these chests and enemies kept keep spawning. <laughs> um, anyway, it's got to at least give the chance. And the this whole argument of oh they should if they should have been able to stop them in the game or they should be able to stop them in the first place, like no the 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 peril, the argument that it's similar to not giving not playing the bottom half of the of an of a tenth inning or whatever that's very that's very accurate you know you had nine innings to you had nine innings to win now we're not giving you the shot it's like it's so stupid. I I don't know why the NFL hasn't changed it. And I don't know why teams are so resistant to the change because it can only benefit them.
0: Well, I, I may, it might be a CBA thing. I think maybe the players... I've, 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 I don't
2: think they have a say in those kind really, of rules, though. Maybe. Yeah, I, if anything, it has to be NFLPA. P A. Um, but like your cba is more contracts and stuff like that
0: well but so, sometimes uh they they do have if anything it's a right? health and but safety I, situation I, but it might i, I don't know because yeah the nfl pa is not as
1: powerful as mlb pa um but yeah it, and like i said it doesn't have to be college rules i mean i think college rules are I think college rules, I mean, with the exception of this recent change they made, where after the third overtime, where from the third overtime on, it's just a two-point shootout. I don't like that. But the concept of starting at the 25-yard line and then moving your way forward, I think that's a good compromise between getting a good result and uh, between getting a good result and uh, player safety. I mean, I get like, look at the NHL. Fuck you enemies. Let me open this goddamn chest. Jesus. Um, <laughs> what was that? This These little stupid fire things keep popping up. Are you, and thinking because, because,
2: are you in Mulan's yeah. land, or are you in Alice of Wonderland? Because if I hear fire things, I'm thinking
1: of that. No, I'm in Monstro.
2: Monstro? Oh, ew. You have to go for the, the Dalmatians there.
1: Yep, that's I, I thankfully got one, but there's another chest. But, uh, these little motherfuckers keep popping up. And because I'm in attack mode, I'm not able to open anything. Anyway. Oh no, stop
0: it. God damn it. Hearing Andrew Gaming is actually making me happy right now.
2: Yeah, this is this is I don't think people realize. Three years we have never had like this intense with him before. I love it.
1: Uh but um, hold on. I'm gonna pause it so I can I can finish my, my thoughts here. That's usually um, me with the cage. Yeah. So, I think, like, I thought of potential. I thought of a way to make the college football one better, but, but I digress. The point is whether it's following the college rules, whether it's, um, I don't know. You start at the. The at uh, your own 20 yard line, and you have five minutes or you have two minutes to make it down the field. You know, some kind of a timed uh, because college overtime is not time, but like, let's say, two minutes to work the way down the they field. They could do like the NHL where they get rid of players off
0: of the field and just open it up completely. and just make Oh, that it would real, be awesome! Make it really <laughs> insane, you know. Instead of 11 guys, it's like six guys. Arena
1: football rules. Arena football rules.
0: Yeah, something like that. It just opens up the field completely.
1: But whatever it is, whatever it is, you've got to at least give the other team a shot. Because in, in essence, you're basically saying, you're saying whoever wins the coin toss is going to win is basically what you're saying. You know, thank God they at least changed the rule in the past couple of years, so at least you couldn't win on a field goal on the first opportunity. Then you definitely had no shot because you could just get to, what, the 40, like the 45 even? You could just go to the 45, kick kick, a field goal, bam, you're done. I get this the stupid rule maybe for the regular season, even though I'm not a fan. But look at the NHL. The NHL has the has the three on three overtime than the shootout. That's not an ideal way to resolve a game, but at least you're getting some resolution. If you're in the playoffs especially in the playoffs when you've got one chance. It's not like in hockey where you can get up to seven seven chances. You've got one chance and you're going to lose it because of, of honestly, just the luck of the draw, basically. That's just so stupid. And it's going to hurt. Your fan interaction, because it's it's like oh we're just gonna tune off uh, tune out after the the coin toss. It's like we know that Kansas City is gonna win. Um, I mean, look at Super Bowl whatever the twenty eight to three one. Like, yes, <laughs> Atlanta should not have given up that lead, but they at least should have had a chance to tie after the touchdown. But it's like no, you score a touchdown, game over. You but lost the Super Bowl. Good job. Did You're that one there. even go to OT? Because I remember it that. It did. It did go to OT.
2: Yeah, it did. Buddy, hmm. even even if so, may I interject? Go ahead. So I'm gonna. I, I thought this out. So I'm gonna go for it. One for those who, and I'm not really gonna spend much time about saying what the alternate rules should be. For those who have alternate ideas, present them, please. That don't say that it's just should be just like college because that means it's being a college shill. There's things to take in consideration of health and all that other fun stuff. And I think what happened is the statements made kind of got me. We forget that 25 points or so was scored in a minute and change. Um, ridiculous, fantastic game coming into it. There could be, no one wants the appropriate blame about Sean McDermott, you know, not squid kicking it, but I understand that that doesn't solve the OT argument. However, when you bring back into it, you're not starting at the 4 or the 45. And I think ignorant people who said that the Bills lost because of a coin toss is a silly argument. The Bills not lose because of coin toss. The Bills lost because Leslie Frazier called a bad series, plain and simple. It's not as if on the kick return, you're automatically placed at the 40, your own 40, and you have a much closer chance. Your position at the 20 to the 25, depending if it was a take back or anything, And it was just better offense that was played. Both teams were gassed. Sure. What do you think they're going to be when you come to overtime anyway? They're going to be gassed anyway because they played hours worth of football, very high intense football coming into it. So if you want that opportunity and say, oh, he deserves a chance, but this goes on the running thing about like even bringing back to the Aaron Rodgers concept is like one man is not the team. You have Jordan Poyer, you have Micah Hyde, two all pros, all pros. Ironically, they're not getting the Pro Bowl. Explain that to me. That's a joke, right? You have all these other great players that come into it, and they couldn't get their guys on. And then it went from basically one end to another, and there was a Travis Kelsey touchdown. People don't like sudden death, but I feel that it, it's not as if you got cheaped it's not as if you got cheap because the ball automatically starts at the fifty, and I can I can underta- undertake that. I'll consider that as a prompt, but that's not the case here. Mahomes drive down. The people who said, "Oh, that means they got the coin toss. That's gonna mean it's automatic score." That's not true. We all know that. That that's just logical arguments that they want to take to make it seem more logical. I'm sorry, illogical arguments to make it seem logical because sometimes you get overtimes that go on forever. That's how we get ties. And this whole idea was like, well, Josh Allen was just doing so damn good. He was doing so damn good because his defense was playing trash. So if the superior team won, they won. And if it went to overtime, sometimes that's life. Because if you say that the coin toss was a big indication, I don't necessarily think that because it's an offense-defensive game. And consider one more thing to put into it is that you're presuming Allen's going to drive down. Not necessarily so. There was a lot of broken coverage of what led to Gabriel Davis' four-touchdown, 200-yard reception game. Maybe they tie it up, but they had the opportunity because we had saw over the weekend in the playoffs, defenses making plays, causing fumbles, blocking punts, blocking field goals, intercepting things. And the problem was is because everybody was not used to this kind of game. I don't believe people have this kind of a reaction if it was my lowly Tennessee Titans – going into overtime and having something similar to happen to them. I do not think these masses would be riding this momentum of change if it was just the lovely Tennessee Titans and they wanted well, a chance me- because we're not the sexy offense. Because you guys got to see a game that was supposed to be exceptional, that was supposed to be different, and you don't like the end result. It's also because you probably don't like Kansas City anymore because you don't want them always to succeed now. That's just my big blurb to everybody in the world.
1: Well, let me just say, let me say this. I mean, I see your points, but I've been ragging against the NFL's OT rules for years now. Um, So it's, it's not just because of. Well, it's not you.
2: I'm just saying our platform is to everybody.
1: Right. But I mean, I just want to, I'm not one of those folks. I've been, I mean, I haven't discussed it with you guys, but. I mean ask the other rcfb mods and they'll tell you that we all hate um the the ot rules and i mean i'm actually glad that i thought of that cool little time drive thing because that's actually not a terrible idea um but I just to not even get the chance like especially nowadays where defenses no matter how good they are they're essentially sieves because of how good quarterbacks and wide receivers are um I mean you didn't see 30 something odd game like what happened the other few years ago was like 54 52 uh between Kansas City and, and the Rams mm-hmm. it's like insanity
2: yeah, it was, it was it was when the Rams were the hot-ish with Jared Goff back in the day.
1: But it's, uh, it just... The, if anything, it's... At least, even if it's for the fans' sake, to see, you know, Jared... Uh, fuck, what's his name? Jake Allen?
2: Uh, Jer- um, Jared Allen. Jared Not Jared Allen. Allen. Damn, I'm but, sorry, Josh Allen. You're making me think of all the other Allens. We're about to say... Uh, Jared from Subway, no, uh, Josh
1: Allen. (laughs) But um, even if it's just to let to make the game more interesting, to let people see uh, Allen have another shot. But the game was already interesting enough. That that's
2: the thing. I think we got spoiled on what we saw, and we wanted to end our way because you know we we fell in love with the offenses instead of the defenses. And who's to say like. If Patrick Mahomes threw a pick and it was a pick six, done right, and then the Bills won the game, not even needing Jared Allen, because there's other wait. ways to
1: win the game besides your quarterback throwing a touchdown, kids. But wait, 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 wait. That's here's the thing, though. In college, if you throw an interception, game over, because you're the opposing team had their chance. It's it's not like the it's not like they get the touchdown. Uh, Let's say team think, A, but
2: even if they're, but even if they're the receiving team first.
1: Well, like let's say team A and team B. Team A is the one that is on offense first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's say they get picked off and team uh, team B returns it for a touchdown. Game over. Yeah. It's but. it's the same rule as in the NFL. It's just. If team a goes down and scores, then team B also gets their shot.
2: But this is the big boys and your defense can make those stops. Your defense is supposed to be there not to let up points and they failed. It's the same way of what you would get because, you know, if you have them going back, what if you have it? We're just like, okay, everybody gets a chance and nothing happens. Okay. We want to preserve, preserve injury. That's why we made these rules or prevent injury. That's why we made these rules. I don't think it's – I think the big suggestion that if I would do to piss off people tenfold is you keep it the way it is and everybody starts at the 10-yard line. Suck it. And you have to go drive down 90 yards now and then run that high pressure in. But I just think this is also the wave of momentum of people loving what we saw and was fantastic. Even my own mother was like, oh, my God, this is great. My mother was like, oh, my like, this is great. But I I don't feel that this was – a change that people want for the league. It was just because of the game itself, because I just feel, and I know I'm saying the I a lot, but this is me coming in from being the team that lost during the playoffs that we would not get that same love. And some people will say, ah, well, if you got the opportunity, well, our team sucks anyway. So if we lost, we lost. We'll count those bridges. But I I think it depends on what kind of fan you are. And if I, me, it's, I'm basically saying defense is the equivalent of offense and everybody has a job to do. And we failed to do our job. Defense wise. There we go. It's a good game. Unfortunately, everything that comes out of this is going to suck ass. I think we all
0: declaredly agree on that. You
2: don't say it like that. And now they're doing it in four What
0: was that? Okay. Uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> Did we all blank out? Yeah, I don't know. But, um, okay. Well, we're at – it's nine ten right now, Andrew.
1: Uh, yeah, I got a boogie. Um, I – have a lovely cage, uh, and I'll talk to you guys later.
0: All right. All right. All right take care, man. Bye bye. Okay. So. We're doing this. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready.
2: I'm ready. Welcome, everybody, your weekly Trueplex, The Cage with Charles. Full reminder, full disclaimer wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a stage fight. It is a song, a dance. It is acting. It is soap opera. It is you're doing your own stunts. You're basically doing your own theater play. It is men and women chasing championships. Ending feuds, building feuds, being the holy hell out of each other, and it's rumble season, and I told you all last week... This is going to be more dedicated to WWE. So if you're just like all the other people who are Buffalo Bills fans that wanted Josh Allen to get an opportunity, guess what? You're not going to get an opportunity here to talk about AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan. That's for next week. This is the Rumble edition. It's probably actually going to be much shorter, Francisco, because partially I have not been watching the buildup to the Royal Rumble. I know what I'm getting. What's so famous about the Royal Rumble? 30 men. 30 women not going against each other but maybe in about 5 10 years we can get that that'd be interesting but it's gonna be 30 men over the top rope whoever's the last one standing guaranteed title shot of wrestlemania of whoever they're choosing is same thing for the ladies 30 women some coming back some you know who've been off shelf for injuries they're gonna come back that's some spoilers but we won't say it in case there are actual wrestling fans listening here but Let's go through this card. or let's talk about the buildup because we have a show on Tuesday. And what we always say, Francisco, the bummer about doing a show is that we're going to miss something in the buildup for the pay-per-view, right? Because I can't tell you what's happening on SmackDown just yet, but I can tell you Raw happened yesterday. And do I think Raw... And I watched a little bit of it. And I watched a little bit of it because we don't have Monday Night Football anymore. So I can, like, focus my attention on certain things. Do I think Raw did anything that made me excited about royal rumble no even though we're gonna get the manly titans of meat going against each other and brock lesnar and bobby lashley they had a weigh-in they jabber jawed a little bit eh eh just beat the crap out of each other Did they do enough to kind of build in becky Lynch and dewdrop meh do they present some interesting feuds with kevin owens and damian priest for the united states championship Are we sick and tired of Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard doing silly things with competitions with the tag team titles doing RK bro and Alpha Academy absolutely but what do we like about the Royal Rumble Francisco it's all three inclusive brands coming in there so NXT is gonna get a little bit of love there's gonna be some call-ups I think I think there's gonna be some guys entering for the first time some gals entering for the first time to make their name we don't know what's happening on SmackDown so y'all have to wait here's the good thing about Royal Rumble it's usually a long pay-per-view about four hours or so you know what I love about this Francisco it is on a Saturday. You know what that means? Charles is not going to be hating himself on Monday because I got to tell you, to start at 7 to go to like 11, 11 And I'm not trying to advertise alcohol consumption on this show, but me and my buddy, when we watch it, we either used to watch it in person or we would just do it over, um, you know, the party chats and whatnot. There'd be drinking games involved. Holy hell, man. Whew, buddy. But uh, on Saturday, if I can function, I'll make it to Monday. But if it's on a Sunday show, we got to be a little bit more responsible. But I got to commend Vince for putting it on a Saturday. Thank you. It's on Peacock. Pay your 4 dollars It's one of the big pay-per-views of the year. It's like the big four, even though I consider money bank big, so it's a big five. But am I excited for it? Kind of. Because we're kind of in the same position as we were last year in that whole scheme of things where we couldn't really necessarily predict the winner's. I remember who I said about the men's being the dark horses like Edge and Daniel Bryan. That's up Edge won the Royal Rumble last year. Last year was Bianca Bella. But now we're in an interesting position. But let's go down the list here, Francisco, and talk about the matches we know before we start playing full out predictions. So am I excited for the Royal Rumble? Kind of because I think the fact that the matches could be stellar. Not the Royal Rumble itself, but the matches. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, I don't know who's going to win. I'm going to tell you that in a second. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. I don't know who's going to win. I'm going to tell you why, because it's very much connected to Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. Becky Lynch, Do drop. Ah! Ah! Who, who's the bad guy here i feel like becky isn't really a heel she's just obnoxious but there's a different it's like a floyd and mayweather kind of obnoxious where you're so good that no one can touch you so you can get a little arrogant in there i like do drop formerly known as piper niven Vince, can you put her name back to what it was she's a good talent becky's a good talent you miss becky Lynch a little bit when she was gone because she could put on stellar stories and stellar matches but i'm interested in seeing what happens here i do not believe to drop is going to win big rumor is that ron rousey might come back for a one-off so that's how you're going to get Becky Lynch to get her iconic moment at WrestleMania, possibly. But I think this is a good filler because what the women's division needed is other names to help carry the brand that are non-titleless when it's not Becky or Charlotte or Sasha or the returning Bailey. You need to kind of emphasize, and this is what I hate about wrestling fans: is that when WWE events gives you the opportunity to, you know, push somebody else, they absolutely hate it because it's not their person, or they like it because it's not their person, or they like it because it is their person. But I'm interested in seeing a good quality match: Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Miz and Maurice. You know, married couples who are wrestlers going against married couples who are wrestlers. Yawn. I didn't like it last pay-per-view when it was Edge and Miz going at each other on day one. They had the weakest card of the match, in my opinion. I want Edge and AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Give that to me in my veins. But if this is just to kind of get the investment in, fine. I'm happy for Miz to be in the kind of a high-profile feud. But anytime we bring in mixed tag wrestling, there's always going to be some kind of shenanigans that are involved. Unfortunately, I just want to be competitive. I just want them to... You know, beat the holy hell off each other. It's kind of my gig. You know, I'm a I'm a fan of that. Um But oh man, uh, that's I don't want to say it's like a bathroom break match. I know Edge, who was has been like top five performer of the year since last year, since he came back at the Royal Rumble and did everything, and then had some excellent ass feuds with Roman and Daniel Bryan, and of course Seth Rollins that was feud of the year. But man, I am not excited for this because you bring in this momentum. Hear me out. You bring in this the guy was just vaulted to like the top hot rocket really. Right. And he gets this beautiful feud between him and Seth Rollins that cultivated or culminated at um, a Hell in a, Cell, Hell in a Cell match at Crown Jewel. And then you get him versus the Miz. You're like, Ew. cause Miz is kind of a made man. I, I like him. I'm happy to get it in, but then we're going to all utilize that match. Cause that match was just a platform for the mixed tag match. I'm like, ah, oh, it loses its steam. It lost its momentum. I'm not in love with it. Whatevs, right? As the coolest kids say. Going on. There might be some other matches that are announced, but it depends on how long you're gonna go with the Royal Rumble. At the moment, they have not confirmed anything going on with like the mid-card titles or the tag team titles. They have had the champions be put into the Rumble, which is interesting. They might do a last-minute thing of Kevin Owens and Damian Priest. They've been feuding the last two weeks on Raw. The matches have been pretty good for free television. You know, Charles is about that ish. Um, So I want to see how they can do something there because you need a cool-off period, you need a cooler of a match. Uh, But so far, that's what's confirmed. And here's the thing problem with doing wrestling is on a weekend and smackdown on a friday is you're gonna get that last minute stuff that comes and you're like oh okay that's what it means you're not gonna have a women's smackdown championship match because charlotte has entered into the rumble so we're kind of like left in between but are we ready for predictions we doing this ready for this okay. all right so predictions we're gonna go about the universal championship and the wb championship these are so intertwined we're not gonna get the unification match of title versus title wrestling you're not gonna get brock holding the WWE Championship versus Roman who's holding Universal Championship. Why? Because you have two different masters to serve if you're Vince McMahon. You have to serve Universal, who has your Raw brand, and you have to to serve Fox, who has your uh, Universal Championship, has SmackDown on there. So someone's losing that belt. Someone is losing that belt, sir. And I have a sad feeling of whom is going to be losing that belt. And I believe it's going to be Roman, This is my prediction. Friday, they had a stipulation match of Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens team up because they're buddies now going against the Usos. And if they won the match, Seth would have um, his shot at Roman clean. There would be no interference from the Usos. And the running storyline has been the fact that the Usos have been helping Roman preserve his championship throughout his entire run. Hear me out. So... Seth Rollins is a quality talent. He has had Roman's number in certain things. He's usually a heel. He's been a heel for the last couple of months, but now he's been presented as like a tweener, a bit a little bit of a heel and a baby face, but he wants the opportunity against Roman. Roman's been in Brock's ish and they've been going at it for the last couple of months. My concern is this. I think what's gonna happen is Roman is so obsessed with winning and having the bloodline always winning that he even they can't lose clean either. So he interfered in the match on SmackDown on Friday where he hit Rollins with a Superman punch to disqualify his own cousins because he couldn't deal with them, just losing them momentum again in one, two, three. So I think it's the big swerve and setup where Seth is not going to win clean. I think something's going to happen where Brock is going to troll and interfere and ruin Roman's chance at winning. And then Roman's going to drop the title. Why? Because it's easier for me to see seth rollins as universal champion going into wrestlemania and then losing to the next big guy i'll give you that name in a second instead of bobby lashley beating brock lesnar by roman interference and bobby carrying that title mania and then losing to the next guy because this is really contingent on my predictions of who's going to win said royal rumble but it makes more sense for roman because if roman loses the universal championship no one beat him clean there was interference, and now he becomes obsessed with getting it back at Brock. And he challenges for that WWE Championship at WrestleMania. And that's where he'll beat Brock cleanly. That's how you make Roman live literally a god. And I always felt whoever was going to beat Roman ought to be like a pure, the next big push stud. That's originally why I said Biggie. Or if he gave me Brock, I'll take Brock because look at Brock. He is a specimen, he's a draw. Roman draws, gets the ratings, buys the merchandise, puts people in the chairs. That's Brock Lesnar, man. I've been talking about him for such a long time. Same thing with Roman. Drew, I feel if Drew was healthy, he would have been the guy to beat Roman, but I don't think the long-term storytelling that you're doing with stuff involved between Brock and Roman is going to be conducive to having Drew beat Roman cleanly. I think that might have been the big plan, but the card is subject to change. So I'm kind of heartbroken on that. Because would I have been okay with Brock losing the title to Bobby? Yeah. Problem is you can't have Brock losing too much anymore now, right? Because you had him lose at Crown Jewel against Roman because there was some shenanigans involved. And then you have Brock come back and he won that fatal five-way last minute out of nowhere. And because Vince pulled that trigger, makes me think that Roman's going to lose. His 500-plus day reign ain't going to mean nothing now. And he's going to be obsessed with trying to beat Brock at WrestleMania because they always meet up at a WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, man, or they meet up at a SummerSlam. So, Fine but if I have to keep stern with the predictions, Roman loses, Brock interferes, Brock retains the WWE Championship, Bobby doesn't get his win, Seth's your new WWE or Universal Champion because that's gonna impact the Royal Rumble. Let's do predictions on the Rumble, sir. Women's, here's a controversial pick about the women's thing. You have SmackDown Champion Charlotte Flair. She's saying, hey, you know what? Y'all are such trash. I'm gonna enter this Rumble and I'm gonna win this Rumble. I won this Rumble like two years ago. And if I win this Rumble, I'm going to get my pick of litter. That's who I think is going to win. They played this two years ago. No, yeah, two years ago when Brock entered the Royal Rumble as the reigning, defending, conquering WWE Universal Champion. No, WWE Champion at that time, yeah, because Goldberg was a Universal Champion. And Brock was about to win. And then what happened was Brock got eliminated by Drew McIntyre Ricochet. That's what led to Drew winning the Royal Rumble and getting his claim to fame. This is why I would go with Charlotte Flair, I don't even have dark horses, man. That's how like all focused I am, you know me, I always have like a a two or three alternative, but I'm I'm going all in, all on red, baby. So if you have Charlotte win, this is how you build the next big star or someone who is going to have a great underdog story, Francisco, for at least two months. You have Charlotte. Who is just a defending champion? Her her storylines are weak. Her characters we get to involve her, but damn, she puts on good matches. Have her win the rumble. Have her go be like whoever it is. I don't know who vince's eyes to push, but have her go be like you. I'm gonna pick you. And everybody's gonna be like, oh, she can't handle it. She's on a losing streak. She's on the stuff. But it creates a newfound confidence to have this person go on a tear, get her opportunity, and then beat Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. That's how you maybe you <coughs> start as my dogs go crazy. Supporting me in this in the background. It's kind of how you deal with Ultimate Warrior. It's how you do Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan when that happened. The Clash of the you know Titans going on. I like that idea because it really creates a natural story. What is Wrestling Francisco? It's soap opera. It's a TV show, it's an arc that's set out between months on end. Have Charlotte win it, picks somebody, Liv Morgan, whoever you want, and then they go and say, Yeah, and then have them build up and have their crowning, achieving moment. And it really does something. If you have to do some alternatives, I don't know if I like the idea of Bianca Belair winning. And again, yes, you have had back-to-back Royal Rumble champions or winners. You had it with um, Steve Austin, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I necessarily want that or need that because unless it leads to like a heel turn, you can have Rick Bailey returning. Maybe I can get behind that. Maybe. Sure. I don't think you're going to have any young bloods like Aaliyah or Shotzi Blackheart getting it. And I don't think you're going to get any returning champions. However, if you did bring back Lita, and lito wins it i'm okay with that because her and charlotte talk some trash and yeah maybe i can get behind where charlotte and lito have it as a um historical icon wrestlemania match however it would make me really not feel that leaders gonna win that title see what i'm saying i can't get behind it but that's my idea that's who i would go with that's my prediction that i would go with it's either you have charlotte win it pick her selection she could pick live morgan i don't care i think that would be a natural progression because she's already been feuding with becky and becky had to cheat the win so let her get picked up because charlotte says hey you can beat my girl so i'm gonna pick you because you easy prey that's a story i could get behind going to the men's this is harder than you think because francisco there is what i think is gonna happen and there's what i want to happen but what i want to happen is really going to affect what i actually want to happen at wrestlemania so some of the big names that you need to know that are going to this royal rumble aj styles damian priest big e the former champion who lost at that fatal five way to brock lesnar wink, wink wink nudge nudge kevin owens and a few other people royal rumble is good for surprises and people returning from injury i don't know if it's fully coming back yet oh they also have Johnny Knoxville from jackass you remember him you know the promotional play you yeah always need yeah that. you need that so with the men's, last year I was like, man, there's a good variety of wrestlers that you can have win that could perfectly feud with either um, Reigns or who was the champion at that time? Was it Bobby? Yeah, it was Bobby at that time. No, technically it was Drew and then Drew lost it afterwards at Elimination Chamber. But this time it's like you need something out of necessity for storyline. So this is what I think we're going with and what I would actually do and what I want. If I was a betting man, I'm picking Biggie to win it. Charles, but didn't Biggie just win the Money in the Bank briefcase and cash it in? And didn't he lose at the day one? Yes, he did. But why are you having him do that? Isn't that just rinse and repeat recycling of wrestlers? Don't you kind of hate that? Yes, I do. But why are you doing this, Charles? Storyline purposes. If you get the right champion. This is why Seth has to win. Because you need Roman and Brock. We agree on that, right? We need that feud to finally end after seven months. What? He came back at SummerSlam is when Brock came back. So it would be, nine, 10, 11, 12, you know, it would be about five, six months. That feud has to finally cultivate and culminate at the, I don't know what I'm saying cultivate. I guess I'm a farmer now, just like Brock. <laughs> has to culminate at the biggest show on the scene, the biggest event for wrestling. So that's why Seth has to win. So Seth wins, he's champion, and then Biggie And him could really ignite a great feud because you have Seth, who has been a money in the bank winner who has won the Royal rumble and look at big and say, you ain't up the snuff. You had to get the money in the bank title to get here. I was already a main eventer before I even won the money in the bank briefcase. I've won this title on my own by itself. You haven't done that. Hell you weren't even sniffing the main event scene before you cashed in. If it wasn't for the cash in, if you had a clean one-on-one match, you would never have won the title. You couldn't beat People defending. You couldn't beat Brock Lesnar. I've beaten Brock Lesnar in the past. I've won the Universal Championship off of Brock Lesnar in the past. This is what you do. But he wins the Royal Rumble. He's doing it for himself. He's saying, I'm doing this now. I'm serious. I got the storyline intact. I got it going on. I got the focus. It ain't uh, with, I lost a Brock sure, but I'm coming back into it. Isn't that what you want? And it's hard to kind of say, remember we always talk about saying, Make a person matter in wrestling when it's not chasing a title. Very tough. Now, make that person matter when they are chasing a title they already had recently. Hmm. And how you make it work is by saying, hey, I'm bigger, I'm better than that. I'm not bigger than what you think. I'm not smaller than what you think I am. I'm bigger than, I'm big E. i am big I could a Rikos promo <laughs> right now. I think it fits. I think it fits exceptionally well. And that's the reason why is that Universal Championship is a SmackDown title, but if Seth wins it, he is on Raw. You have Brock and Roman, because Brock's technically a free agent. Um, he can go against Roman and go from there. Or if you really want to, sure, you have Biggie winning and have him beat Roman clean, but they already met at Survivor Series, and he lost to Roman clean. Think about that, Psych. You couldn't beat Brock when you had four other people to go for and help you, and you can win that. You couldn't beat Roman in Survivor Series. I've also been in Roman. Seth, the man, is the drip king. You've seen his suits. They're fantastic build somebody. I think Seth could play off that heat very, very well. And some people might not want it because some people hated Big E's reign. I wasn't crazy about Big E's reign. Why? Because it felt like a placeholder. And two, they didn't use the money in the bank briefcase the way I would have done it. You don't have these cash ins done so quickly. It was done within two months, man, three months. You got to keep it elongated for a very long period of time. But a Royal Rumble spot? And he's part of the new day. Kofi had his moment stuff like that. He gets his moment. Because I think you could build face. He's only 35. You get another good 5, 10 years out of it. Change the character evolve the character, Build something into it. I think you have something very special. If you don't do Big E, the other two people, because this is contingent on who winning a title? Seth, not Bobby. If Bobby Lashley wins, man, we're all... My prediction's just screwed. They're up the creek without a mountain. Because then I'm like, ah, it's whatever you really want to bring. I don't care at this point. But... You can either do Damian Priest or AJ Styles. This is where Damian Priest thing hurts a little bit because right now he's the United States champion. But if you really want to shoot this guy to the moon, is that you're a Royal Rumble winner and you're the United States champion. And Priest, he was had the Bad Bunny match last year. where They teamed up and won against Miz and Morrison. Um, and he's done well. He's gotten stale for me on the US title. But, but, he's feuding with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens' new best friend is Seth Rollins. So think about it. Rollins helps Owens take the U.S. title. Owens talking that smack. Oh, you got the Royal One one? You can't beat my buddy, Seth Rollins. And then Damien's going against Seth. Issues, I don't know if Vince is going to push someone who's 40, but I like to see it happen because I like Damien Priest. He used to be um, Punishment, uh, Punishment Martinez back in the ring all days. What a fantastic name. Loved it. But they changed it to Damien Priest. But then we have AJ Styles. AJ Styles has wrestled against... Seth Rollins before, when Seth had first won his Universal Championship at Money in the Bank, I think is when they wrestled, and it was a fantastic match. And I'm ready for it again. I will take it. That's okay. That's fine. Um, I can also take Seth, or not Seth, but I can take AJ versus Bobby Lashley, too, if it came down to it. I will take AJ versus Brock Lesnar, part two, because they made Survivor Series 2018, 2019. It was chef's guess it was better than brian versus brock i don't care what anyone says but here's the thing man and aj does deserve a crowning moment winning the royal rumble helps out he's only got about two years left on his contract he's won the um wb championship he's won the tag titles he's won the ic belt the us belt. He has not won the universal title he's always he's challenged for it and he has not won the royal rumble and it kind of goes hand to glove right win the royal rumble beat seth on a main event for the universal championship um for a valuable title that you don't have. And he completes your legacy fully. You know, AJ's been with the organization for six years now. What a great free agent signing. And they've done him well, they push him well. They had an attack and now it separates it. I'm okay with that. But this interferes with what I want, Francisco. I want Edge versus AJ. I wish Andrew was here for this. I want Edge versus AJ at WrestleMania. And I will accept nothing less. I got a taste of it. Two years ago when Edge came back fully, And he speared AJ. Now, I I want that. I want to see two guys who never come against each other, man. And I I don't want to accept that it could be a SummerSlam or a different pay-per-view that might be big enough. WrestleMania is fine. It would just outshine everything because Edge has really been killing it, man. Not just in his promo work, but his technical skills in wrestling, his storytelling. And AJ is one of the best. There's a reason why he's phenomenal. I own a shirt of his. If I don't own your shirt, you're not loved the way that those people whose shirts are owned. Except for one person, but it was on the sales side of mine. it. But I'm okay with AJ winning it if it happens, but I rather prefer him versus Edge. Unless you're gonna give me Edge versus AJ at SummerSlam for the Universal title. Sure, I can get behind that too. But that's my man predictions. Contingent on Seth Rollins winning. Everything else is it's up the creek without we'll a paddle. Um we're gonna oh, I'm trying not to, to make myself laugh, yeah. everything. but we would go with Biggie for the storytelling purposes. AJ if you're gonna do it right by a guy who's always gonna be instantaneously in your main event scene, and priest if you're trying to create a new thing, going from it, and then for the women's, really it should just be Charlotte. I like the storytelling better that way, but what do I know? That's all I got for you this week on the cage. Will we be right? We'll see. Tune in next week.
0: Okay. Well, that is that's it. That's it for us. We're done. We're it's it's over. we we'll see you guys next week. Number 129, AFC NFC Championship And see what else pops up if baseball even does a thing. And uh, Charles and wrestling. Yeah, predictions. All right. Bye, guys. Take care.